Welcome back to another session from the basement. It's been one hell of a week in uh, football. We've had an international cup final. We've had Champions League match day four and a lot of surprises in the leagues of Europe, the top five that is. And I would be, um, it'd be remiss to say that uh, there weren't some major upsets today as well in the Champions League. I mean, massive. And of course, joining me as always, I am your host, Critty, and my co-host, Nick, is with me in full Liverpool purple glory. Nick, how you doing? Doing good, man. Yeah, that, uh, that Liverpool- I heard you had a surprise. I heard you had a surprise, some kind of, uh, uh, some special delivery, uh, the other night. Uh, some, yeah, some, something came in, something came in the mail for you at work. Absolutely. I, I received a beautiful, uh, what, it's a home. Is it home kit? A no, it's the third. It's the third. It's the third kit. The third kit, a beautiful yeah. Third kit. Well, yeah, because it can't be. It wasn't red, so I should have known that. It was a beautiful black and purple Liverpool kit that I will be representing at the uh, USL final here in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, this coming up Sunday. I'm gonna I'm gonna represent a real club. Uh, at this, uh, at this <laughs> a real club, yes, at, yes, at a real club final. Yeah, uh, we'll get to them about being a real club as they lost to possibly the worst team in the Premier League uh, this past weekend. We will get to the best club, and they drew. Make no mistake about it that I, um, I don't hide my loyalties on this on this program or in life in general. I I don't uh, shy away from it. I am a diehard Liverpool supporter, but. You know as well as I know that I told you I was going to put all the kits, all like 36 of them in the fire pit and burn them uh, as it stood nil one, or 1-0 Luton with just a few minutes left to play. And of all people, the man whose father has been kidnapped by Colombian drug lords, he's the one that equalizes when you would think he would be the last one to have his mind on football. And yeah, all the guys whose dads aren't kidnapped, they didn't do anything. <laughs> for 90 minutes, and the guy whose dad's kidnapped, you know, probably going to bail his dad out, and he bailed Liverpool out. So we'll get to that. But, um, so, uh, how you doing, my man? How you how you how you how you been this week? Good, man. We've we've had a lot of exciting exciting matches, a lot of competitions happening. It's been uh, it's been really exciting. We we sadly have this last week before this uh, international break that starts uh, Monday. So. We got to really uh, enjoy these club matches while we got them. Yeah, the international break because, like, we got um, some last-minute European qualifiers. So I know we got to get that out of the way. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice when that's done to get club football through the holidays. I think what we're gonna tip talk, what we're gonna talk about in just a minute, which is the. Uh, Copa Libertadores final, we just had a winner there, and they will go on to play in the FIFA Club World Cup, and hopefully they will take it to City and uh, beat the Mutant in his his crowd to get that illustrious gold badge on their kit for the next year. And for either one of those clubs, Boca or um, Luminense, it would be something special because neither one of them are, are doing particularly well in their domestic leagues, but uh, that being said, uh, Fluminense is now qualified for the cup next year. And yeah, they win their very first 
their very first Copa Libertadores, a very prestigious competition, uh, a lot of a lot of hard fought battles. It's a it's it's a competitive continent. It's it's an even those two countries are even more competitive than the average Argentina and Brazil. That being. And those two countries are arch rivals, both internationally and also at the club level. So, Nick, we uh, we can segue right into this bad boy. Last Saturday, November fourth, we had the best that Brazil had to offer, and the best that Argentina had to offer. And I don't mean that based on the standings, but they earned the right to be there based on where they were last Saturday. And it was quite the final. There was a lot of action. In the final few minutes, John F. Kennedy, the 35th president of the United States, <laughs> scored in the 99th minute and then two minutes later was ejected with a red card. But not to be outdone, Frank, F- Frank Fabra in the 105th plus seven, he also gets a red card. So now both clubs are down to 10 men. Did you, uh, I mean, obviously, Canos opens it up at the 36th minute with the first goal. And uh, I've been cool equalizes in the 72nd. And then we had basically just uh, it was one of those finals, Nick, that it reminded me of a Champions League final where it seemed like both clubs were were going for penalties. And you never want to see a tournament final, whether it be the Champions League, whether it be Copa Libertadores and certainly not the World Cup. That's. That's no way to decide it. So John F. Kennedy himself came back from the dead and scored in the 99th minute to give Fluminense the win. What were your impressions of this match? You, um, yeah, I think you feel like you've had mixed feelings on it because you said it was kind of a it was it was kind of a, a total tap show in a way. You said, and um, what were your thoughts? I thought it was great. It was a great match. You want to see. You want to see these clubs kind of battle it out. You don't. I, I hate seeing finals where you where you see these teams play for for penalties, like you said. But Boca really doesn't have much of a much of a front, man. I mean, like you said, if the, them in the table domestically, they they're doing terribly. And Fluminense is more of an open team. If you if you watch them, they their manager. It, it's crazy because there's videos on YouTube about how they play. Because this manager just has the craziest style. They just go out and just attack and press, and they don't stop running the whole match. So them playing against Boca was was quite the matchup, and it ended up being more so of a one-one battle. I mean, the guy who scored for Boca was was the. Uh, the Peruvian World Cup star, uh, they had a big match um, that he – I forget what he did in the World Cup match, but he, he was he was in the spotlight for a World Cup, and then he was bought by a, a Spanish club and then never ended up panning out. So, of course, he's back in, in uh, Argentina playing. But I thought it was a great match. I, I mean, I called the 1-1 going into extra time, and I did say penalties. I was wrong about that because our – 35th president came back to life and scored the uh, winning goal. The goal was a beauty. If you're listening and you haven't seen it, just Google John Kennedy uh, goal, and it'll be the first goal that comes up. Uh, just beautiful cross in the box. Guy headed it back to Kennedy outside of the box, and just a snap kick shot in the back of the net. Just a beautiful goal. 
and uh, he celebrated a little too much and got his uh, second yellow. And the ref said, "You're out of here, man." I, I don't know why he did that. I was it was actually kind of a talking point why he would celebrate as hard as he did when he had the yellow card. And I mean, I get it, it's extra time, but he put them in a bind, and then Fabra came down and just got a red for Boca, and that was that was match, man. They had no chance. Everybody was tired. Um, the streets of Brazil were flooded with celebrators. It was uh, it was quite the scene. If you look at Kennedy online, you see him celebrating with his buddies with his shirt off, riding a motorcycle around Brazil, and all you <laughs> see is like little huts and and it's 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 pretty crazy man i i would recommend if you're you're listening to check out uh some of the scenes from the celebrations because it was it was quite the scene man it, it was a big win for fluminense and i'm uh i'm happy for him like like you said them beating um uh boca juniors is kind of like you know inner beaten city last year it would have been something like that because boca has so many it's good to see Fluminense pull this off. I was I was happy for him. Hey, let's talk about this. So there's some big prospects uh, to look at in this match. The first one that comes to mind, so Fluminense, Andre Trindade. So Liverpool and Arsenal both are linked to him. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, his, uh, going back to last summer, has uh, had his eye on this young player, he's uh, 22 years old, uh, heavily linked with a move to Anfield last summer, but it did fall through. He still remains a target for Liverpool right now as we as it stands, but also the Gunners have identified him as a target. They want to bolster their midfield, and but obviously they just signed 105 million pounds uh, De- Declan Rice this past summer. So yeah. What are your so? Let's talk about him first. Uh, what were your impressions of him in the match, and where do you think where do you think he's going to end up? I mean, he played well. I, it's funny because I I watched these guys, and I, when I first started following football, I'll never forget. I was watching Gabriel De Jesus for Palmeiras play, and the guy was just scoring goals left and right, and then surely City by him not two years later, but you just see these guys and you know they're going to equate to something. And he's definitely someone I could see playing in Europe. Um, as far as if he gets picked up by um, by Liverpool or Arsenal, you know, you you just never you, – you never know, man. These guys, they, they'll sign with anybody they can. I mean, they come from poverty. I mean, look at the guy Chelsea. Chelsea picked up a guy from – I want to say Botafogo the last season, Audrey Santos, and he he was loaned out, and he's doing well, man. I mean, these this is how you find people. I mean, Andre, the 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 guy that Pool and um, and Arsenal are looking at, definitely could play in those leagues. It's funny you watch these games; you can tell who has that skill and who doesn't it, it's sometimes I, I question why these guys don't give Europe a shot and then I'll look and see their past and and some of them have come from Europe I mean Gabby goal for for Flamingo he had his chance at Inter Milan it didn't work now he's playing at oh a, my goodness I forgot about Gabby goal holy yeah. crap man you talk yeah, about a blast from the, that guy was a oh the Inter 
bet every, the house on him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it didn't work out. And now he's back in, in uh, Brazil. I, he's kind of fallen off this season, but a couple seasons ago, the man was bagging 30 goals like he was looking really good. But I knew you would remember that. Yes, I remember him very well. Yeah, your past work with Inter Milan. So I I hate using him as an example because, you know, he isn't the best, but I do like the uh, uh, Gabriel De Jesus example because he's he's good. I mean, he's – yeah, he hasn't quite been the best that he – you know, City wanted him to be in Arsenal so far, but he's decent enough to where he could play in Europe. So I'd like to see Andre picked up. I want to see Chelsea uh, play – Audrey Santos also they're they're giving him a year away like they gave Fofana a year at Union Berlin so I hope he gets picked up I mean this is it's something I like to keep my eye on be you you know I like to watch the Brazil league and and Andre actually he's playing for Fluminense but he got the call up for Brazil so he he's a decent guy and I, I do he'll be gone He'll be playing in Europe this next coming up season. That's a fact. Well, the thing is that Brazil, the Brazil, the Brazilian league, and also to the point, to a point, the Argentinian league. So there is a really excellent mixture of former former European great talent that used to be young South American talent. They went to Europe. They they won their silverware. They they're a little bit over the hill to be in Europe, but they can still go back to South America and, and, and bang in some goals. One of those players we'll get to in a minute, that that being Edison Cavani for, for Boca Juniors. Uh, but, um, you know, it's it's a really good mixture because you're basically seeing a lot of times you have your, your, your players who are right in the middle and then you have your players who are older but still at the top, but they were, you know, used to be European glory and then you have your young and up and comers who are going to be the next generation. You know the next Neymar, the next uh, Ronaldo, the ne- not Cristiano, the you know the Brazilian Ronaldo, the next Ronaldinho. It, the list goes on and on. Luis Suarez, those guys, right? Even though he's Uruguayan, I'm just saying. You know, um, yeah. Latal Martinez, Lionel Messi, those guys, right? So they all start somewhere, and they don't start in Europe. They start in their home countries, right? Yeah. So that brings me to 19-year-old Valentin Barca. He's the left back for Boca Juniors, heavily linked with Manchester City, Chelsea, and Brighton. Tell us about this kid. Oh gosh, yeah the 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 back. Yeah, I mean, I I watch him. I watch him. I watch him before this final, and you can kind of see that that the the talents there. He's just so young, man. These guys are so raw too. I didn't know he was actually linked with uh with these big clubs, man. That's actually really big. And that yeah, he's he's linked with yeah, he's linked with those three. That's yeah. that's good for him because I mean that's freaking massive, man. Um, I it's so hard with center backs, man, because um they they you just you gotta you gotta be the right size, you gotta have the right IQ. You can't have that IQ that you have in the Argentinian league coming to Europe. So it's just one of those things where he gets picked up. He's going to have to be loaned out for a season, you know. I mean, unless he's some freaking, you know, pay wonder kid, which he could still be. But I feel like these managers loan these dudes out. I, I like him. I had no clue he was actually linked with those big clubs. So that's something exciting and to follow. Yeah, 
Another another midfielder that Liverpool has their eye on. He's uh, this is twenty uh, one year old Ezekiel Fernandez for Boca. So Liverpool's got a lot of interest in this match, right? From on both sides of the pitch, you got Andre on the Fluminense side, and you have uh, Ezekiel Fernandez on the Boca side. So he's right now uh, obviously has fans excited in Argentina. Has a great left foot. Uh, Dick takes his game with passing and incredible composure. All of this in a 21 year old package. So. That's another player that the Reds could potentially make a move on in January. If, for instance, Andre falls through, uh, Fernandez could be an alternative option. And then, of course, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, 35th president of the United States. <laughs> He's somehow regressed in age. He's only 21 now. He has the attention of a lot of top clubs obviously in Europe, and he scored the game winner in this past Copa Libertadores. But the top club he's being linked to is your favorite club, Nick, Arsenal. But <laughs> it seems that it would um, – it seems Arsenal's still trying to do a little bit of work in their midfield. So who do you who do you like? Would you – if you're Arsenal, because it, it feels like Liverpool's. Liverpool's got their high eye on Andre. They're not really linked to John Kennedy, but then Arsenal's linked to both players. So it seems like Arsenal's looking to 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 add to the uh, Declan Rice transfer and keep bolstering their midfield. So yeah. I wouldn't say that they're the only club that's got their eye on him, but uh, they're most heavily linked. I'm sure you would not like to see him go there, though. Oh no, yeah, Arsenal man, place where legends go to die. I mean, since the Invincibles, I mean, you really can't say they've done much. So I, I just I would rather see these young. South American talents that I'd love to watch. I'd love to see do well. I'd love to see him go somewhere else. I'll tell you, you you'll laugh at this. I watched um, Gabriel uh, Martinelli play for a team called Italiano, and they were in like Serie C in Brazil. And, and people will laugh, not believe me, but I'm dead serious. I was watching them, watching him as a child play on that team just bored, you know, on a summer night watching watching football and catching a Serie C game. And next thing you know, Arsenal picks up this kid from Italiano, a Serie C club out of Brazil. So, And he's worked out well. I mean, he's still young. This was six years ago. Hell, he's only 23 right now or something. So, you know, it's – it's hard seeing him go to Arsenal because I don't, you know, necessarily favor Arsenal too much. But, you know, I'm glad these guys are getting a chance. I mean, look at Martinelli. I mean, he's becoming a Premier League, you know, not not somebody who's like the greatest, oh, my God, but he's someone who's respectable in the league, you know, scores his goals, does his job. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's this is the reason why I follow it, man. It's crazy. I like – I like seeing these young kids get picked up and seeing what they do in these leagues and, uh, and and being able to say, hey, man, I saw these kids play. So seeing John Kennedy and Andre and that, that back for Boca was, was definitely exciting. I mean, you're bringing this to my attention. I had no clue that these big clubs are, are interested. So this is good. I mean, we yeah. got to see some raw talent. Last kid we want to talk about, 21 years old. He also plays for Boca, Christian Medina. So he is linked with Wolverhampton Wanderers and Fiorentina, and he currently has a release clause of a massive 
13 million pounds, which really no no Premier League club can pay that massive amount. So um, <laughs> yeah. So so this is so so again, you know, if you're looking to bolster him, if so this is the, the, the European leagues, that's the that's the beauty of it, right? Like since since the eighties the, the and the nineties and two thousands, there's just so much of a great balance of European talent, homegrown talent and South American talent, now African talent, you know, your Sadio Mane's, your Mohamed Salah's. It goes back to, obviously, um, uh, uh, Didier Drogba, like those guys, right? That was, you know, that 2006 Ivory Coast team. It's it, it's just such – Europe is just the, the best of the best from all the continents. And you just look at these kids. Like, the, like South America is – that's the finesse football, right? Like that's that's where the beautiful game takes a whole different level because of the unbelievable technical skill of those players, like individual players who can just do magical things with the ball. It's like Magic Johnson passing a basketball, right? That, that's how they are with a football. It's it, they're just it, it's it's like an extension of their limb almost, right? Yeah. These kids go over there, and you have your occasional Gabi goal that goes over there and completely busts out. I mean, he was a, a, a total bust. I now I had not heard that name Nick in years. He is so forgotten. <laughs> Inter does not they I believe the transfer at the time was 30 million, which wow. is pretty which is pretty expensive for a player coming that didn't make a, a stop at a small club first. So yeah. typically what you see is wow, these kids will go to like Monaco or Lyon or yeah. uh, uh Bordeaux or in, in like Roberto Firmino's case, Hoffenheim, yeah, they go there and they really put their name on the on the map in Europe, and then Liverpool Man-co. comes and gets you, or yeah. you know, Man City comes and gets you, or or, or what have you, right? Well, like, funny, he Gabby goal was was came from Santos, which is where Neymar came from, and right? A few years after Neymar, so that hype that Neymar brought probably boosted his price tag up to thirty million because Gabby goal. Wasn't worth thirty million coming from Santos, but well, as we saw too. So I, I think well, I think that it was also the fact that you had, for instance, Gabriel Jesus came in and hit the ground running at City when he yeah. came over, right? So yeah. it was one it of those things like where 40. yeah, he was only like forty-seven, I think, or, or thirty-seven. But that's that's lot- still that's still such a rare thing yeah. to go from. That a club in South America directly to one of the giants in Europe. Usually, you have to prove yourself as sort of a mid mid table club. Like Richarlson w- went to uh, he went to Watford for was I think it was Watford first, and then from there he went to Everton. So yeah. like that's a that's a good example just to name him out. Like he's at Spurs now, obviously, but he didn't get to Spurs directly from South America. He he no. he went to. He started off for a smaller English side, then he moved up to Everton, and then he moved to Spurs. So he kind of made that transition up. It's not; it's very rare you see like uh, someone gobby goal. Well, Latar Martinez did the same thing. Latar Martinez came directly from Argentina, went to Inter. Racing. So Inter, it, yeah, Inter could have gotten burned twice by those two direct transfers, but Martinez is translated into a, a world class player. But yeah. So these are just the next generation of players. It would be uh, – we would be doing our disservice to not mention the players by name who played in this match. I mean, it was – to me, it was a hard-fought match. It was gritty. They grind, they grinded it out. What you want to see is some 
some passion. You saw that these two clubs are, are sitting there basically kind of mid-table right now in their domestic leagues. They had everything to play for, everything to fight for. And I told you, you know, Fluminense, Boca Juniors has won it many, many times before. You want to see the debutantes, or not debutantes in the competition, but you want to see somebody, like, win their first their first trophy, their yeah, first major trophy. trophy when they're in the final like this. It's, it was just such a... A uh, big moment for those players. So, and these, and I think that a lot of them are going to go on to have big futures in Europe and, and, and do great things. So, I think Fluminense, congratulations to them. They played a hell of a, a season to get there. They, I know they they had a, a very very tough opponent in the semifinal to get here, and then Boca Juniors has all the experience in the world in the Copa Libertadores. They've been there countless times. They've been oh, yeah. in this position a number of times. So, for Fluminense to win. In this big of a, uh, a spotlight against that kind of an opponent, that caliber, big, 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 big respect for them. They they well deserved, and I wish them the best of the luck in uh, the FIFA Club World Cup. Oh yeah, that'll be. That's one of my favorite competitions. Always has been. I get to see the Asian Champions League winner, Europe, South America. Even the CONCACAF Champions League winner. I mean, it's it's great, man. Seeing Monterey play uh, Chelsea and and Flamingo play Liverpool. I mean, that's that was my dream, man. I I, I loved it. Seeing seeing those clubs play each other is great. So well, Seattle I mean, Sounders was in it recently, right? Yeah, they- yep. Seattle Sounders. Yeah, LAFC was in it the recently too. That was good. I mean, there was some good matches, man. I mean, I bring it up all the time. I remember where I was at when I saw Bobby Firmino score a goal in the 82nd minute to put Liverpool up over Flamingo. It was 0-0. And you were looking at a tight match with a Brazilian top club and European side. I mean, of course, I feel like Liverpool had the better chances and should have been up already. But just to see it go that long, that deep in the 82nd where it still was anybody's ball game was something great. I was helping a friend move in Buford and I told him I need to stop and watch this. And we stopped and watched. It was great, man. I'll never forget that game. Well, it's an easy transition to go from the top South American competition to the top European competition, arguably the top competition in all of football. Mm-hmm. So that being the UEFA Champions League, of course. So we had uh, some matches yesterday and today, some big ones. We had some expected results. We had some upsets. And we'll start with Group A, Nick. Uh, big upset here. This one was a complete This one was a complete meltdown today. You and I watched this live. He heard the post game from, we're not going to even give the guy name recognition on here, but let's just say he's a colorful United supporter who has a, a pretty large following of, of morons. And they're like only Gunnar Solskjaer sympathists on there. I mean, I mean the comments that he gets, uh, Oli was a good manager. <laughs> oh my God. It's just, it's just laughable. Yeah. But anyways, we had, yeah. we had, we had, Copenhagen and Man United today. Nick, you and I both watched this match. United go up 2-0. Match is done. Rashford gets a red card. He's going to miss the last two matches now against Bayern and Galatasaray. He's obviously their their top offensive threat for United, that is. Copenhagen equalizes before the half. 
Then Sevenhog makes the substitution, which he should have made before halftime. Take Erickson off the pitch. Become defensive. How? Let's just stop right there, okay? I am not a football manager, but I know enough about football. I've been watching it now for three decades plus. Yeah, what are we at now? Yeah, yeah, three decades plus. If you go down to 10 men and you have a 2-0 lead, you park the effing bus, period. You don't, there's nothing, you don't, you don't care about being sexy. You don't care about looking great. You don't care about finesse points. You need points. United have been total bad crap. You need to get to six points. That takes you to second place in the group behind Bayern. But what do they do? They make a substitution too late when it doesn't matter. Then they go ahead with the penalty from Bruno, their only player that they have that's worth anything, really, week in, week out. We'll get to Rasmus in a minute. He actually was pretty good today, and he's been really good through the competition. But in the Premier League, he's been very underwhelming. And it's like, oh, he doesn't get service. Okay, well, so why does he get service in the Champions League? Is it because he's playing Copenhagen? Like, what's, What's so different about him with five goals in the Champions League, and he's I don't think he scored a single goal in the Premier League, right? Is he he's still on zero? Yeah, he is that, I, is that right? No, he scored. He has one against. I think he has one league goal, but it, I mean, it was against you know somebody. Okay, well, he's played. Well. They played what? Uh, what are we at? Ten, ten or eleven matches in the Premier League? Nine, ten? Yeah, yeah I think okay. ten or eleven. Yeah. So so fa- so we'll get there in a minute. Just I don't have the number right in front of me, but yeah. we played four matches in the Champions League. The dude has five goals. He's a he's a different player apparently on Tuesday and Wednesday nights than he is on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. But United then get equalized, and then Copenhagen goes ahead four three. Down ten men or not does not matter. It, it, that that performance was absolutely disgraceful. This this unknown pundit, we'll just call him unnamed pundit. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Maguire is supposed to be good in the air. And all four goals were scored off of crosses. Hopeless praying can somebody just make something happen type of crosses where there's absolutely nothing to do other than to hope for the best. And somehow Onana got beat four separate times with two center backs, mind you, and Baran and Maguire, who are supposed to be two of the best center backs in the world in the air. And they got beat four times. Yeah. And I've said this on a couple of occasions, David DeHaya, I think that he would have stopped some of those balls. Yeah. Are they better with Onana? That's the question, right? They made the upgrade. He was the upgraded keeper. I don't think he's an upgrade at all. I think he's yeah. actually a downgrade, and they paid fifty million quid for him. Yeah. So, Nick, my impression of this was this was another typical seven hog performance as a manager. Too yeah. little, too late. Stupid decisions. Dumb substitutions at the wrong time. And when hey, at that point, if it's two two. Great. If you can get that penalty and go ahead 3-2, now you park the bus. You actually have another chance to park the bus. Yeah. And somehow Copenhagen scores two goals in the final third of the match to beat United. United have lost three of the four matches. Bayern, by the way, 
two one winners over Galatasaray. Who cares, right? We're we're yeah. talking about because United are just a drama factory right now. They draw their uh, a content creator's dream because Absolutely. they are their own worst enemy, and they're writing one of the worst soap operas in history all by themselves. Okay, Nick, let's talk about this. Yeah, players or manager players as they were described gutless cowards and they looked they used the 10 man at disadvantage as an excuse as to why they lost Jaden Sanchez getting paid 350,000 quid per week to play FIFA at home or, or sorry EA Sports FC 24 at home yeah he's he's flipping united off he's going to be back in a in a yellow and black shirt come what 2 months wear. from now yeah this is a complete meltdown what were your impressions of this match? I, I I mean, I can't imagine that they're too different. Yeah, no. I mean, the red card on Rashford was, was controversial, apparently. I mean, I saw it, and he did step on the guy's ankle. I mean, you just can't – you can't do that. I, I just I, – I, I, I thought it was a good call. I mean, of course, they checked it. They still called it. I mean, you can't stomp on someone's ankle – I'm sorry. I don't care what's going on. If you watch it, you would probably say the same thing. Not necessarily you, but whoever's listening. It was bad. I mean, the guy stomped on dude's ankle. Surprised it wasn't broken. Then, like you said, you're two up. You're playing against Copenhagen, who starts 17-year-olds, who European powerhouses will pick apart here within the next year or two, and then they'll just – revamp with youngsters that they're picking from Sweden under 23 and under 17 team, you know, it, it, he should have pulled, like you said, Erickson out earlier, parked the bus and focused on not getting those crosses in. I mean, you got two of the tallest guys in that middle of the pitch who are being paid the big bucks to stop those exact four crosses that come in from getting in that goal and they couldn't do it. I mean, there's so much drama with this club. I mean, no no wonder why the the guy has, you know, 13 million followers and, you know, there's 50,000 people any given time listening to this because it's a drama pit. I could care less about United Hell and I was listening. You were listening. We were all laughing at this guy. It's great content. It's it's actually hilarious. It's not getting as good though because he now knows that they're crap. And his delusions have kind of – some of his stuff he, he's kind of fell off of. He still isn't Ten Hag out, which is kind of crazy. I mean, the guy didn't know to go <laughs> defensive when you are down a man in a Champions League match where you need to win. That is big mistake. I mean, you saw it. It he And he even had two opportunities to do it, like you said. I mean, how you don't – when you're up to nothing – stop and just park that bus or when you're up three, two after that penalty, make the right subs, give some people some breaks and, and make that bus park. I just, I'll never understand it because of this, the chances of them advancing in any kind of champions league playoff is freaking, I mean, slim to none. It's funny. If you ask United fans, they still have a chance. You ask someone like me and you, we say they're out. At best case scenario, they're third and they go to Europa League. They're yeah. not going to advance to the playoff. Yeah. I mean, if they do throw egg at my face, I couldn't care less. Yeah. That just means that they're going to get knocked out in the groups yeah. in the knockout stage round of 16. But I, if I'm betting money on it, 
they, I would bet a significant amount on the fact that they finish fourth and they drop completely out because I don't think that they're going to go to Turkey and beat Galatasaray. I think they draw no. there. I think Bayern mops the floor with them. So you're going to get at most one point out of your next two matches, which gives you a whopping four points. You're not going to advance to, to, to anything with that other than, you know, Copenhagen – I mean, I, you don't. You don't. I just, I just gave you the scenario right there. That's, that's how I see it playing out. Best case scenario, they beat Gala, lose to Bayern. That still gives them six points. I don't think that's going to be enough because I think Gala is going to beat um, Copenhagen, which gives Galatasaray seven points. Yeah, I don't see you. I don't see a path forward for you. Bayern's going to beat them. That's a guaranteed zero. Oh, yeah. Points. Yeah, there's no way they buy and blow that match. Let me I, ask you do Do you remember Do you remember the movie Starship Troopers? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Does uh does let me so all these managers that go to United, right? And except for Ole because he was just he had a mental handicap before he went there. Yeah. But <laughs> do they go that? Do you go to Do you go to Old Trafford and there's like that big fat like space alien with the needle thing and he just he he sticks his 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 thorn in your head and sucks your brain out yeah is that what happens at united because seven hog is like way dumber yeah on the touchline for united than he was at ajax and i i don't understand it because every single manager seems to lose the dressing room at united they seem to make dumber decisions they seem to make bad substitutions they seem to have extremely bad judgment. He's pissed off Jaden Sancho. He's pissed off Rafael Baran. He's, I mean, the, the, the players don't want to play for him. They don't like him. Yeah. And I understand. I understand this guy with his YouTube channel saying that it, basically the, the the players are just there collecting a paycheck. And I've said that for months, and so have you. But it's yeah. been like that not for months. It's been like that for years. Yeah. So what yeah. is it with these managers that they go? They can manage at Ajax. They can. Louis Van Gaal was was decent. You know, he was okay at Bayern, for example. Yeah. Jose Mourinho has won the treble at Inter, won Champions Leagues at Porto. He's done yeah. it all, and he yeah. goes to to United, and he just he just basically. I mean, he was they they sacked him, but I think he was going to rage quit. Yeah, because he was just so furious with like. What what happened? Like, what is going on there? I mean, it's, it's, it, you, this is just week in, week out of just nonstop drama. And I swear to God, like, they they pulled a rabbit out of a hat. Fulham should have at least gotten a nil-nil draw. That's That, that was the very least that should have happened in that match. United, of course, Bruno Fernandez, the one guy they've got that still has any juice left in the tank, scores <laughs> a goal that puts them up 1-0 at the very death of the match. Yeah. And they get their three little points, and everybody's happy. And Seven Hog gets to, to gets to see another day. What 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 the hell's going on, man? I get dude. Question of the century, man. As far as football goes, I mean, these managers come here and they just crash and burn. I, I mean, you would think that he that uh, Seven Hog could have done at least a little bit better but he gets here and then his tat he doesn't even play how he played at Ajax it's it makes no sense it's almost like he's a puppet and there's somebody up there with strings and they're moving him around i.e. the Glazers and no one's these managers aren't allowed to do anything it's like they have they have these these people on the roster that are safe 
you have to play Rashford. You have to play Bruno. You have to play Maguire. And I understand there's money involved, but if you're playing crap and you're not going to give it your all, why in the world should you touch the pitch? I mean, right? You sat, you sat a three-time Champions League winning center back. World Cup winner. on. You sat him in favor over the weekend for Johnny Evans. Yeah. Tell he me how that – He's a great-grandfather now. Yeah. He said, yeah, yeah. Makes, makes no sense, man. I mean, there, I, it has to be that upper, man. It, there's someone there who's not letting Ten Hag make the decisions he probably wants to make. And I'm telling you, in 10 years, we'll get a memoir from him, and he's going to tell all, and we'll understand who it was telling him – to play Rashford, to play Harry Maguire, to take Varane out. I mean, Varane wouldn't even look the guy in the eye whenever right, he was Right, that's, that's it, right? Yeah, he wouldn't even Yeah, yeah dude, he, he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to play for this guy anymore. Who the hell would want to? So we're going to have great content here coming up, watching this drama, of course, and then we'll get the book in 10 years to understand who was in his ear telling him who to play and who not to play because – Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me Rashford isn't always safe. You're always going to see him play. You're always going to see um, uh, Bruno. You're always going to see these guys uh, play because they're clearly someone is not letting them come off that pitch, man. I just, I the, honestly. Social media said that United were better with McGuire in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. We laughed about that. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, they said they're better team with Maguire in, and he's one of the worst center backs that we've seen in some time. I Harry Maguire could make like Preston North end better. Yes, maybe, maybe. I but, agree. But he's not going to make any side in the Premier League better because he yeah. sucks. Yeah, the guy is the IQ of my cat, and when it comes right. to football, right? I mean. Well, let's let's move on. Let's move on. We can't just spend all we 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 bash United every week. Now they deserve it because they they are literally content creators, absolutely uh, of the of the worst kind. But uh, another club that you like a lot, uh, they won today. Trossard twenty ninth minute, uh, Saka sixty fourth. Domination, man. Sevilla in deep trouble. They usually can squeak out at least the third place, which gets them into the Europa League, and then of course they go on to win that entire competition. Yeah. One shot today, Nick, in 90 minutes. They had one shot on target, one shot total. They got completely dominated by Arsenal. I mean, absolutely housed. Ran out 2-0, the they lose. Arsenal's basically got that group now under control on lock. And as we said, they got the easiest draw of any major club in the competition. Arsenal's soundly now in the knockout stage, round of 16. PSV and Lons still fighting it out, but Sevilla yeah. with two points. They've had two draws, two losses, no wins. So this was a pretty pretty convincing performance today by Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, and we're sadly, if this keeps going like this, we're going to see PSV make the playoff and get absolutely annihilated by someone in that first round. So I was hoping for a better, you know, at least draw for Sevilla, but they didn't come to play. PSV and Lons, the whole, I would rather see the French side go just because Netherlands doesn't have the best of record unless you're Ajax of recent history when they go into the playoff. I mean, by the way, that was also Seven Hogs Ajax, yep, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. So he, he apparently knew how to manage at some point in his life. 
Yeah, and then goes and forgets. But anyways, yeah, we uh we we need to see Lons or or Sevilla somebody wake up these last two matches. I mean, Arsenal they basically you know they could draw or win one and lose one and still go to the playoff. They're pretty pretty straight. But yeah, I, I don't want to see Lozano and you know De Jong go in a playoff game. I mean, I, PSV we all know they'll they'll go to the playoff and get there get annihilated. Not to say Lons will do any better, but it, I would rather see the French side in the playoff. You know. They're finally waking up in league play too, with with a big win and and a draw against a, a Lorient this last round. So, yeah. I I don't know, man. Arsenal, they're probably one that's going to go. We talked about who they might get. You know, can't play an English side, and they're going to get a second place side as long as they finish first. And I'm hoping they'll pull someone like Leipzig or or uh, they won't get Bayern Munich, but. I'm hoping they'll pull somebody difficult and we'll get them out of this tournament, man. That's another content creation club. So, yeah. Yeah. Sad to see Sevilla look like this, though. I mean, you're talking about your Europa gods. I mean, you, you get them. <laughs> they in a are final. that, yes. Yeah, you get them in a Europa final, you might as well just give them the trophy. So they might, they're probably not even going to make that. So the best way for them not to do that is to not be there because if they are there, they're, they're definitely a a threat. But yeah, so moving on to uh, Group C and Group D, these two groups pretty much decided at this point. Uh, Real Madrid, four wins out of four. Napoli, seven points. Braga and Union Berlin are basically still in a dogfight. Union Berlin just got their first point today with a draw against Napoli. But Napoli, they'd have to basically self-destruct to not make it to the knockout stage. And and, and Braga Braga needs to win both their last matches. Union Berlin, though, has a fighting shot to still make it to third place. They're only two points now behind Braga, and those two still play. So that could be the head-to-head winner of that could go to the Europa League. So Union Berlin, even though they are, they've lost, they have not won a league match since August. That is, yeah. I mean, we're in November now, by the way. I just want to yeah. let you know that. They yeah. haven't won a league match since August. They had not won a Champions League match at all. And well, they still haven't won one. But they, yeah. they hadn't even gotten a point until today. Yeah. So they have accumulated, out of all competitions so far this season, Seven points since the beginning of August, which is yeah. uh, one point in Champions League, six points in the uh, in the Bundesliga. Unbelievable for a club that has been so consistent over the yeah. past two seasons. But Real Madrid and Napoli, that, that's pretty much it. That's one and two. Group D, very much the same. Salzburg looks like they're going to Europa League. Benfica is uh, zero points. They've lost all four matches. Inter and Sociedad, both undefeated. The only blemish they have is a draw to each other. They still yeah. play again. So the winner of that match likely wins the group. It doesn't, but they basically, they have clinched. Uh, Real Sociedad and the Champions League runners up from a year ago, Inter Milan, both with 10 points, both double digits. Excellent performances so far in terms of getting the results they need. Inter today with a 1-0 scrappy win over RB and Sociedad mopped the floor with Benfica. Then we have an interesting group, Group E. So... Despite the fact that they're not doing so well in domestic play, Lazio find themselves in second place, one point ahead of Feyenoord and only one point back of Atletico Madrid, who are, of course, contending for the La Liga title this season. They are back uh, back into contention there. Celtic is done. They're they're they so they they're yeah they're done done. They're going to go back yeah. to Scotland where they belong and 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 yeah. you know negative nine goal differential. 
one draw, three losses. All of them bad. But Feyenoord, Lazio, and Atletico, we got ourselves a competition, man. One and three are separated by just two points. Who do yeah. you like in these last two weeks? Definitely Madrid, man. You gotta you gotta lean lean the Spanish side. They just had a great showing against, of course, Celtic. I mean, that's that's you know not nothing too major. But I just I don't see Lazio or Feyenoord, you know, playing them them decently, man. I, You'd like to see Lazio go through just because, you know, like I said about the Netherlands side, Feyenoord just isn't deep enough to to go very far in a European competition. I mean, their, their star guy, Jimenez, the Mexican striker, I mean, you can't you can't avoid him on any type of app because that's all the Mexican uh, supporters are screaming is, is how he's doing. But yet the guy doesn't show up in these big matches, man. So I, I, you're most likely you're going to see Simeone play his ball, get his two nothing wins in these last couple matches, one, nothing two nothing. Cause I'm pretty sure that he, Madrid has Lazio and Feyenoord left to play. And am I correct there? It's yeah, Atletico Madrid yeah. go Feyenoord, and then uh, then they play Lazio. So yeah, you this is ended up being one of the closest groups, and we uh, we definitely didn't think Feyenoord would be would be up there. I don't think I remember discussing them, and we both were like, whatever, you know. I uh, I, I think uh, you know, like I I gave them third place for sure, which yeah. I think that's where they finished. But here's the thing that bothers me about Lazio, right? Today again, they had. Nine nine shots, but only one on goal. And who yes. was it? Chiro Immobile. He scores right. in the 45, 45 plus that's one. It. That's the only goal in the entire yeah. match. That's yeah. that's the only goal for Lazio that was on target. And it's like either boom or bust with him. It, it, yeah. You know, you can't – there's no dependency on Lazio. They're, they're not – you know, you have Anderson up front. You also have Matias Vicino in, you know, in, in midfield. There's – there's some names on this team, but it always comes back to number 17. Always yeah. comes back to Chiro. And if he doesn't score, they don't yeah. win. Yeah, I agree, man. I don't like Lazio. I really don't. I they. It's funny. They're one of the first T-shirts I bought, and it's the the it's German kind of- guy. It's his shirt. What's his name? Oh, Close yeah, it- Miros- Miroslav Klose, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't even know who he was. But I, since then... I have learned to just despise Lazio, man. They just are not exciting. If they don't get that chance for Chiro, they will not win, and they will disappoint you and let you down. So, I, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I want to see Feyenoord go through, but someone's just going to destroy them. I mean, these last couple matches, it's up in the air for Lazio and Feyenoord, but I, I – I feel like Madrid will distance themselves in these next two matches. I mean, Morata's playing out of his mind. Griezmann's playing well. There's just not enough quality on Lazio or Feyenoord to, to compete with Madrid. You know, Griezmann got the brace today, so did Morata. So they look good. 6-0, they beat Celtic. Celtic were playing with 10 men from the 23rd yeah. minute on. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, just, uh, I mean, Simeone didn't really have to do much in this match. Nope. It was pretty much decided within the first couple minutes. I think... Was it Griezmann scored in the first five minutes? So oh, or yeah. six minutes? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. Game was over. I texted you when that happened. I said, I said, I said, this, I said, he's already scored in the sixth minute. This thing is. This thing's done. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, as it was. Okay, so Group F. Let's let's yeah. get to this. Is the this is the one that I know you've been itching to talk about. 
Yeah. So you're so you're pissed off again because Newcastle let you down. This is the second time in a row that they've done that against against BBC. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll talk about this in a, in, in a little bit down down the line here in the show. Absolutely annihilated by Byron over the weekend, which we both predicted would happen. I told you it would be a, a complete whitewashing, and it was. 4-0 shutout at home to Byron. Daddy, who's your daddy? Dortmund's daddy is always going to be that that the, the, the kings of Germany, Bayern Munich. And daddy spanked little boys. And so Dortmund goes, and they play Newcastle. Unexpectedly getting two. Well, not I'm sure they expected it, but I, I certainly didn't. I, I thought that Dortmund would be sitting on uh, one point right now, thanks to the draw to Milan. But they did beat Newcastle back-to-back. They sit at top of the group, but here's the thing. I see Dortmund losing both their last matches. I think Milan beats them. I think PSG beats them. I think Dortmund have set. They could potentially go from first to worst over the last next two weeks. This is a tight group, Nick. Seven and four. That's the points that first place and fourth place have. Newcastle could win out. PSG could win out. Milan could win out. Dortmund could lose out. So there's a lot of different ways this group could still go. Newcastle's certainly not out of it. Milan came back to life by beating PSG this week. So, t- give me your impressions of this group, because I know we were talking about the Dortmund-Newcastle match. I had Newcastle winning that match. They end up losing 2-0. And, yeah, Milan obviously fighting, right? They came they came back to life in this. They absolutely, it was a yeah. must-win situation for them against a club that obviously is, I mean, I guess you could argue that they have a lot more talent if you look at, like, the roster just individually, but... You know, PSG played, right? 17 shots. They had 70% possession, mm-hmm. 91% pass accuracy. Milan yeah, no, had 16 play. shots, though. Eight on target, man. They came out. Uh, Leal scored 12th minute. Olivier Giroud, the, the ageless wonder, 50th minute. Yeah. Puts them ahead to, for good. Yeah. Uh, Screenier did get ahead uh, ninth minute. Uh, the fantastic center back for PSG. Formerly of uh, Inter Milan fame. Uh, so, yeah, it, a, a, a very, very hard-fought, contested match, and yeah, they Milan silences the critics. They get the they get a huge win to get to five points in the group, and they keep themselves alive. So, with the final two matches, we know who plays each other. Dortmund's got to play Milan and PSG. PSG's got to play Newcastle and Dortmund. So, like, who do you? With the money on the on the table, who who do you uh, you got to make a prediction? Like who? How do you see this group playing out one through four, and who advances to the to the knockout stage? I I mean, for whatever reason, Dortmund just has Newcastle's number. I don't, mm. I can't wrap my head around it. I can't understand it. It's like. It's like they just got him figured out, man. Julian Brandt looked like freaking, you know, messy out there. A, a master class of a performance. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Just it's so, it's so disappointing because I wanted to see Newcastle do so much better. First year back in European competition, and such a bad showing against such a crappy Dortmund side. I. I just can't I can't wrap my head around how they're in first. I mean, of course I know how, but just how they're doing it is just ridiculous. I I 
I say PSG end up on top, and I'm going to say Milan are, are going to probably sneak in that second. Or, well, you know what? Newcastle doesn't have to play Dortmund again. So, hell, they, they could win out and, and jump in first. Uh, it's a hard one, man. PSG, Newcastle, Milan, and I have to say Dortmund don't win another game just because they have to play the big boys now. I mean, take Newcastle out of it and Dortmund, they, they're they not going to beat Milan in Milan and they're not going to be able to withhold Paris's, uh attack in – uh, against that yellow wall that I'm hearing so much about, you know, I that wall can't come and play for Dortmund. So, so we'll uh, money on the line, like you said. I got to go Paris, man. Paris going first, and I'll say Newcastle second because they're going to win out their last uh, two fixtures in Champions League. They're going to or no, hold on, they play Paris in Paris. Yep. So we're going to say draw against Newcastle, Paris, and then Newcastle beat Milan and Paris beat BVB in BVB. Then that will mean, God, such a tight group. I I got to say, I, I'm going to go Paris, Milan, and Newcastle. Yeah, because Milan's going to draw with Newcastle in Newcastle, and they're gonna they're going to seal it right there. Yep. I'll go. I'm going to go out with the crazy one and say Milan, Paris Saint Germain, Milan, and Newcastle. You, you, is that a bad one? No, I, I, I like it. I I'm still going to stick by my prediction that Dortmund lose out, and I think that they finish last in the group because that's just what Dortmund does. Ultimate choke artist. Why? Let me ask you something. After last season's blowing of the uh, Bundesliga, why why do you have any faith in them at all? Yeah, no, you don't. I, I agree with you there, man. I, Every single I, club in this group is better than Mainz, and and Mainz beat Dortmund, or they they drew Dortmund on the final day to cost them a league. So if it's if it's clutch, we're talking about the most non-clutch team in all of major European football is Borussia Dortmund. They are the ultimate choke artists. Absolutely. They choke in every single big money, big match opportunity they get. They they effing choke. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, we watched, we were chatting it up during that Mines game, and I mean, I was just blown away because I I didn't quite understand how big of bottlers they were. I look, mean, they are the German Tottenham. That's that's for sure. The, look, the thing is, the thing is, Dortmund, prove me wrong. Go prove me wrong. And, t- yeah. and by the way, Nick, tell me when I'm tell me when I'm stop me when I'm telling lies. Okay. Yeah, stop me when I'm telling lies because Dortmund have choked it. They have they have choked on more chicken bones in the last ten years. Jurgen Klopp is the last thing they have that they can hold on to for anything. And yeah. if you're Dortmund supporter, don't give me your little DFB Pokal bullcrap trophies that you won because little Marco Royce and his blown ACLs finally got something on the on the uh, the mantle to put back at home. The only thing that matters to that club is what Bayern wins every year, and Dortmund can't. Can't even when Bayern are at their absolute worst, they still find a way to wipe their butts with Dortmund, and they did it last year. They did it. They did it last week. So I, why, why should I have any faith that they're they, 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 Milan and PSG are both better than Dortmund? Period. Yeah. They are. They're I better. Agree, man. They're better. Newcastle is a new kid on the block. They're the new kid on the block. They haven't been in the Champions League in god decades. So I give them a little bit of a pass, okay? They, they, they won their second match in the group. 
they they got four, but they're not out of it. So yeah. I, I'm not giving a little bit of a pass, you know. Like it's not they, they you know, experience counts for something. They don't have any. They played their yeah. first four Champions League matches, and like I said, I mean, you know, yeah, they've been in the European Cup before, but my God, it's you know, they they were almost relegated two years ago for crying out loud. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I think the I think the way this group uh, finishes out is PSG, Milan, Newcastle, Dortmund. That's how I, that's how I like it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm rolling with you on that. Just because the remaining fixtures and where they are, I, I'm I'm with you there, man. I, I'd like to see it in like that and just BVB goodbye. I'm sick right. of you. I'm done. Group Group G. There's literally nothing to talk about. This is this yeah. is done. Man City yep. and RB Leipzig. They are they are three. It's done. Red Star. Thanks for coming. Thanks for playing. Young boys, thanks for coming. Thanks for playing. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, RB Leipzig technically have a shot to win the group. I don't think that's going to happen, but they don't need to worry about it. They're through. Man City's through. So between the two of them, they have seven wins and only one loss. So Leipzig's only lost, obviously, two cities. So, I mean, they, they those two clubs, have, when they haven't played, Leipzig hasn't played City, they've just been dominant. It's an easy yeah. group for them in terms of, like, you have the, one of the better sides in Germany. They were the two-time defending DFB Pokal champions, and obviously they're perennial top four. And yeah. Man City, who's you know obviously won the last last year's Champions League. So yeah, it's it's uh this this thing's done. Yeah, Group H is the last one. It's interesting here. We have two matches to go. Antwerp is done. They've gone. They have gone home. They're going to cash out. So whoever gets to play them, match day five and match day six. Congratulations! Yeah. That's that's fantastic yeah. for you. Yeah. But Barcelona, Porto, even on level on points, and Shakhtar Donetsk, who just beat Barca, staying alive. So at the very least, Shakhtar is going to keep playing. They'll be in the Europa League if if all else fails. But they still yeah. have a very legitimate shot to get some points on the board and advance to the knockout stage of the Champions League. So how yeah. do you see this one going? So let's see, uh, Shakhtar. They play Porto next, and then they end up with... No, Shakhtar play Antwerp on the 28th. Sorry, sorry, Antwerp, and then they finish out with Porto. Porto, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, hell, they just played... They're playing in Volk... Oh, Oh, wow. So, you know, it's funny. Guess where Shakhtar's temporary home is? The Hamburg... uh, Club was so nice to give Shakhtar their home to play their Champions League home matches at, where we just saw Barcelona blow it and lose one nothing to Shakhtar. How fitting that Barcelona blow it at Hamburg's home. I mean, goodness. Well, usually it's Ham- it's usually it's Hamburg that's blowing it at Hamburg's home. Absolutely, and and as soon as a good club or a good historic team steps foot in their their venue, they get beat by Shakhtar. So. You know, Hamburg has let me down, and so did Barcelona this last match. I mean, Barcelona without Frankie de Jong is like Chelsea. I mean, they just can't finish. They can't score. They're lost. I mean, it was just a terrible match. I mean, just bad. How people were backing them still with 10 minutes left, I was laughing at them. I mean, I just – I was laughing. I said, guys, they're not going to score. This ends one nothing. That You could just see. I mean – uh, Robert 
was just like a tree, man. You'd kick him the ball, he would lose possession, or it would bounce back to you because he surely wasn't taking shots. Just a terrible match by Barcelona. I will never forget that game. Uh, probably till I die, man. That was ridiculous. And seeing Hamburg's ugly blue and and their little square, that's their shield, just made me even more mad. So it is one I, of the worst. It is one of the worst crests. Yeah, in dude. I don't want to see yeah. Girl box. Yeah, it just pisses me off, man. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll. I don't. Porto's going to end up probably being too strong. They have too good of a back line, too good defense, too tight. Shakhtar also has a, a good fight in them, but I mean, and they haven't played each other. Shakhtar hasn't been, played Porto since 2014, and uh, yeah, you're you're going to see a, a good match. I will definitely have eyes on that. I, I like Porto. I like Tarami for for Iran. I think he deserves to play at a top club. He's really good, really good knack. Scored one of the best goals in Champions League last year with a bicycle kick against Chelsea. Um, what a goal that was. I, I still enjoy watching that one. I see I see it coming down to that match, man. Whoever wins that Porto-Shaktar match will be, will be in second. I, I honestly feel that way. I, I mean, Barca will, will bounce back. We all know that. Frankie, hopefully he'll be okay and they can – they can uh, play like they care, but I, I see Porto getting that second. Just because they're already three points up, Shakhtar will definitely beat Antwerp, and then they'll have to beat Porto. But you got Porto. I think they also just have um, – they got Barca in Barcelona, and then they got uh, Shakhtar at home. So draw with Barcelona and beat Shakhtar, they could win the, they could win the group, man. I mean – well. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty to see who goes to the knockout stage to compete for hoisting the Ragged Ears. So we're, we're, we're getting there. we got two more match days left. Some of these groups have long been decided. Some of them are still wide open. Yeah, group it's H, been a good one. It's group, been a good group H is still open. So, you know, Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar, they cannot rest on their laurels. Nope. You know, Antwerp, Antwerp's going to be cannon fodder for, for – whoever plays them in the next two matches, but that's, yeah. um, which we just said, uh, what is it? Uh, uh Shakhtar gets them in, and is that the, the yeah, yeah. And then Porto, right. So, yeah. um, having said that, we can shift to the leagues because there, there, there's some, there's some stuff that has, uh, occurred over the weekend. And we'll start with the Bundesliga because that was the one that had, Der Klassiker, uh, the, which I don't know how it's a classic. The classic, you call it the classic when one one team dominates the other the way that they do. But let's talk about this. Um, Nick, I told you that the match would be over in the first 30 minutes. I said it would be it would be done. Was yeah. it uh, Harry Kane already had a brace by then? Is that right? Am I, am I yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like he scored. I think I texted you within the first four or five minutes, and I was like, "LOL, done." <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was over with so fast. I mean, I feel like it just kicked off, and then it was done, dude. It was just over with that fast. I mean, just not showing up. I, I mean, doing what they do best against their big brother, their father, their their caretaker. Bayern Munich. I mean, I, I just 
it, it, being a BVB supporter, man, has got to be terrible because you you literally just don't stand a chance against this this team. I mean, no matter how good you're doing, you don't stand a chance. When's the last time they beat Bayern Munich? You know, in the league, was, was it Klopp time? No, 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 no. They they beat them the under. Um, no, uh, Tuchel, Tuchel got them. Once, got them. I know. Okay. That was it. Was one time and one time only. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, it's just it's so bad. I mean, just talking about a rivalry where you just it's so one lopsided. I mean, when we looked at at Real Madrid and Barca and City and United, at least it was respectable. I mean, Bayern Munich is it, it's it's there it's just their son, dude. They just so so here here's here's the here's the thing. Um, that I wanted to – so the thing that I wanted to touch on is the fact that I don't understand how you can say something is a rival. You, you talk about City and Liverpool, usually a competitive match. Real Madrid and Barcelona, competitive match. With the exception of this season – Real uh, uh, AC Milan and Inter is a competitive match. Juventus and Inter is usually a competitive match. Atletico and Real Madrid usually a competitive match. Dortmund and Bayern, those are supposed to be your top two. It's never a competitive match. RB Leipzig beat Bayern. They beat them. They defeat Bayern. They beat they beat yeah. the crap out of them at the end of last season. As a matter of fact, yeah. yeah. There's there's no disputing that when it comes to Beating the best, RB Leipzig have passed Dortmund at this point in terms of being the second best club in Germany, especially when they actually are competitive and sometimes beat the kings of Germany. Dortmund don't do that, and when they lose, they don't lose close. They're like Bayern mops the floor with them, so it's yeah. it's it's one of those things where I I don't I don't consider it a rivalry at all. A rivalry only based on the size of the club, the fact that. Dortmund has been very good at times throughout the years. Yeah. And the fact that they do finish in the top four and half, they finish in the top four every single season since Klopp's last club. That, that was the, they finished seventh that season, but ever since then they finished in the top four. So they've been to the champions league. What's that now? Eight, eight consecutive seasons. Yeah. But yeah. that's it though. They, they're they're yeah. you, you look at that. And some of those have been – they've held on to fourth place by the skin of their teeth, mind you, a couple of those yeah. times. But they, they got in nonetheless, right? Yeah. This is not a rivalry to me. No. It's not a dare classic or anything. It's called dare ass whooping is what it's called yeah. to me. No, absolutely. I mean it's a and joke. Am I, am, I, am, I, am I wrong here, Nick? I mean – No, dude. It's, it's, it's a joke. It is, man. And, and why they – I could see why they say it. But it's so lopsided that it really is just. I'd rather watch Leipzig play Bayern Munich because you know what's going to happen. We see it every time. I mean, even you know we called it, and it was to the T, man. Four nothing. Come on. I mean, not even, not even a chance. I mean, it was over with before the tenth minute, dude. So yeah, it, it shouldn't be that that uh, rivalry as they call it. The the classico or whatever the in the world it it really shouldn't be and i mean until i see something different i just am not gonna really you know look too much into it because we know what's gonna happen bvb's gonna lose by two to four goals 
and then we move on and they're going to bring up how they beat them in the Polkow once or twice that no one cares about. And yeah, we, we move on, you know, I mean, that's, that's all it's going to be every year. Same thing. Okay, Nick. So to answer your question in the last 10 matches between Dortmund and Bayern, Bayern have won nine and drawn once in the league. Exactly. So, so if you go, so the last time that Dortmund beat Bayern in the league was 2018. Yeah, that was five yeah. years ago. Since then, yeah. let's listen to the results. Okay, you ready for this? Oh yeah, Bayern five nil, Bayern four nil, Bayern one nil, Bayern three two, Bayern four two, Bayern three two, Bayern three one, Bayern Dortmund two two. Bayern 4-2, Bayern 4-0. And then the next match, which is on March the 30th of 2024, will be at the Allianz Arena. So you know that's going to be another ass-whooping. Yep, 4 four. So that'll be so, – so they were on a win streak of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. They, were, they had won seven in a row, then they drew one, and they won two. Before the – 3-2 win by Dortmund in 2018. Bayern, right before that, beat them 6-0. Yeah. 6-0. I mean, and just... Then before the, and then before that, it was 3-1, and before that, 4-1. So Bayern, Bayern had won three in a row before that. Then Dortmund beat them 2016. That was Thomas Tuchel's victory over them, 1-0. Before that, it was four. It was uh, Bayern had won four of the previous uh, six. One draw was in there and one defeat. But for the previous six, in that, by the way, was also a five to one and a three to nil. So if you take it into account, Dortmund since 2013 have beaten Bayern three times in the league. Three. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's not a rivalry. That's not a rivalry. No, not at all. It's just another match. And I don't look at it like a rivalry. Now, Jurgen Klopp, Jurgen Klopp strung together four consecutive wins over them between 2010 and 2012. Then two back-to-back draws. Then a 3-0 loss to Bayern. Then he followed it up with a 3-0 win over Bayern. And that was it. 2014 was the last time that Klopp beat them. He left, of course, after the 2015 season. But the two losses he had in 2014 uh, 2015 were close. It was 2-1 and, and 1-0. Uh, Thomas Tuchel's or excuse me, um, yeah, Thomas Tuchel's first uh, uh, first match as manager of Dortmund was a five-one loss. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So and I'm they're... just saying this is uh, it hasn't been competitive since Klopp left. So to answer your question, when was uh, yeah when, when Klopp left? But but the the real thing is they haven't beaten them in the league since 2018. It's been over five years. And Bayern are undefeated against them in the last 10. That'll soon be 11 when they play them uh, in Munich in March. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so rivalry nothing. I don't want to hear anyone call this a rivalry. Until BVB can actually string together some draws at least, then I don't even – hell, not even that. Yeah, this ain't no rivalry. I'd rather so see like – Harry Kane had the hat trick. Uh, I was wrong. It was not a brace. Uh, he had a hat trick. Upa Makano opened up the scoring in the fourth minute. Bayern yeah. had eight shots on target to Dortmund's one. Yeah. Oh, it was sad. A complete, yeah. just a complete capitulation of a side. I mean, lost. Lost on the pitch. Right. 
Well, so a little bit. So here's the other upset. Big upset. Uh, well, Leverkusen keep winning. They beat Hoffenheim 3-2. Just keep getting results, grinding out results. Still top of the table in Germany. We have now played, uh, let's see, uh, 10 matches. And we're about a third of the way through the season. 34 matches yeah. in, in Germany. And uh, they, we played 10. Leverkusen have their... The only team in Germany that's won their last five matches, they have 28 points. That's two ahead of Bayern. They're only team besides Bayern that are undefeated in the league. Dortmund were undefeated up until last weekend. And, yeah, yeah Stuttgart now has lost back-to-back matches. But Leverkusen gets it done. The other upset I was talking about, though, was Mainz, who are in 17th place. They are in a relegation spot right now. They beat RB Leipzig. 2-0 over the weekend. Leipzig drops to... They, they're in fifth place now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was that was quite the shocker. What did you make of that? Oh, yeah. I, I, I was absolutely floored, man. I don't know what in the world. I mean, Sesco and Werner came in in, in late, kind of almost the 70th minute when it was still 0-0. And then out the blue, the the... Korean that Mines has from uh, Janobuk and and Kale came in and just scored a, a wonderful goal. Good uh, assist from from the the Austrian kid. And man, let me tell you, not kid, but thirty year old. But yeah, I I had I was in shock, man. I mean, I steer clear of this one. I don't, you know, Leipzig. I wasn't too keen on on watching this one just because I thought it would be a blowout but once I saw 0-0 and then they mines went up I could not believe it I mean I I'm not sure if I said did we we might have talked about it we might have touched on it but so quickly it was two nothing and then you were screwed I mean he then after that the subs were made Campbell Simmons they all came off yeah, and Osborne yeah. came on, and Paulson, all the old school guys who've been there for years, and they just couldn't answer. I mean, it was, it was done, dude. Two nothing, and they just had no fight. I, I mean, that was definitely a shocker. You're right because Mines is staring at relegation. I mean, I know it's still early, but you're talking about the second to last place side. So, and Leipzig only allowed before this only seven goals all season. So for them to get two on them was absolutely mind blowing. I mean this this came out of nowhere. Uh, I was shocked. Okay, well let's talk about the big one. So Girassi injured with his hamstring injury has 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 sent Stuttgart into a tailspin. So they have now yeah. lost two on the bounce. They lost over the weekend to Bundesliga newcomers Heidenheim two nil. Yeah, they are they are completely clueless without their the top scorer in the Bundesliga. Girassi has to come back. As quickly yeah. as possible, Stuttgart. Luckily, Leipzig lost over the weekend as well yeah. as Dortmund. So Stuttgart's still in third position, holding on to a Champions League spot. Yeah. But if they don't do something quickly, I mean, they they have to find some other way to generate goals besides Girassi. I mean, it's a, it's a one headed monster right now, and and he and and the head unfortunately is uh, yeah. attached to the body right now. So yeah. I, I was kind of shocked by this, just the lack of. Uh, you know, fortunately, it was nil-nil until the 70th minute, and then Schöpner and then Kleindienst scored in the 70th, yeah. and then and then Kleindienst scored in um, stoppage time. Yeah, is you know Stuttgart got their shots; they got 17 shots, but you know two of those on target, and 
Heidenheim got three on target and made them both count. So, or well, yeah. made two of the three count. So, you know, Stuttgart dominated possession 70%. You would think, you know, 621 passes with an 85% pass accuracy. Heidenheim's pass accuracy, 62%. I mean, that is atrocious. Yeah. Stuttgart, by all accounts, at the very least, should have drawn this game. Yeah. Maybe, maybe should have won based on, on, on statistics. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah, Dennis my mind. Had a bad showing. He just was terrible today. That match, he he had scored, mind you, four in a row, and then just couldn't find his footing in this match. Man, I'm telling you, international break couldn't come for a better time for this club right now. Yeah. I mean, they're, well, they got a big one this weekend, Nick. They play Dortmund, so so you got number two. I mean, sorry, yeah. number three versus number four. So yeah. something's got to give. Stuttgart and Dortmund play 9:30 a.m. this Saturday. That is win. probably based on. Based on where they are in the standings, that is the match of the week in Germany. Yeah, I agree with you. And 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 Garassi's still out, so he they right now BVB is a slight favorite, which I could understand because without Garassi, I mean, yes, Dennis very Dov, slight, very slight, mind you. Undov is just not the answer right now. The the Brighton reject. I mean, he. He has to do better, man. I mean, he scored four in a row. Yes, we include the Polkow match in there, but that streak is now broken, and and you got you're asking a lot to to perform in a grassy spot. So we'll we'll see, man. I mean, you know what I want to happen. I want to see BVB get crushed, but that I mean, you can't do nothing without your head. So and he's out. So you just you got to hope for at least a draw for Stugart's, uh uh, chances to stay up there. I mean, they lose here, BVB will pass, and then you're talking about, you know, Leipzig could also win and jump. So, yeah, man, that that's probably the biggest match. I agree with you there. That'll be something we both probably will be peeking at on Saturday. Union Berlin gets smoked over the weekend by Eintracht Frankfurt 3-0. They are now in 16th position. They They win their first two matches, as I said, back in August. They've now lost eight on the bounce. They will probably lose this weekend too. They play top, they top ranked. They they play top place Leverkusen, and that would make nine consecutive losses for Union Berlin. They are now in the relegation spot. Uh, yeah, obviously the relegation playoff. The number sixteen team in the first play the number three team in the second. Yeah, a long way to go yet, of course. But Union Berlin have got to stop the bleeding. But I don't see it happening this week no. against Javi Alonso's monster nope. that is Leverkusen this season. So looks like nine. So Leverkusen seventy six seventy six percent favorites to win, fifteen percent to draw. Not Union Berlin nine percent favorites to win. It's at the Bay Arena in Leverkusen. I don't see this any other way than a Leverkusen win. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The hundred bucks wins you eight hundred on Union Berlin. You'd be you'd be donating right at that right. point. There's, if Leverkusen lose this match, then yeah, it, it you know, zombie apocalypse starts at the end of the whistle, you know? Uh, Leipzig and Freiburg. That's another big one. You got number five versus number eight. So Leipzig really could use uh a little bit of uh, you, you know some 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 kickback into their uh, their coffee here because they you know like I said hapless against Heidenheim uh, excuse me Heidenheim um, shoot I yeah I'm sorry uh, Mainz excuse me Mainz yeah. they were they yeah two nil losers to Mainz last weekend they really really I mean that was a layup victory for them they should have that just I mean 
trounced minds. But, yeah. you know, I guess uh, any given Saturday, any given Sunday, right? But they yeah, really need to bounce back here. would be a huge statement win for them to, to beat Freiburg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Will it happen? Probably probably not. But well, well the the no, the the, the good news is it's at the Red Bull Arena, so they're back in the friendly say. confines of home. Yes, yeah. yeah, Leipzig should easily. This should be this should be something they they breeze through. But I mean, we said that about Mines. So who who the world knows? I would definitely lean Leipzig. You got to bounce back here. You have to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that but we'll be keeping our eyes closely on Dortmund and Stuttgart. That one has yeah. a lot of, of headlines potentially uh, looming because Stuttgart needs to stop the bleeding, and Dortmund just coming off of a disastrous four nil loss at home yeah. to Bayern. So yeah. going to France, uh, Lyon get a point. They they. they they finally yep. get a point. They they draw one one with Mets, who are equally yep. as uh, just terrible as they are. Yeah, it's um, Alvaro eighty fourth minute. They uh, <laughs> they pull the I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to laugh at Leon, but my God, this is just yeah. this yeah. is just no, bad. Yeah, Mets newly promoted side. I mean they they salvage this one. I mean it's just so bad. I mean Lacazette just seeing him in this match. I mean, I woke up just in time to text you when Leon, they were down and then they scored to draw. And I woke up just in time to see it. And man, I was happy for them. Cause I, I don't want to see him go down. I mean, of course the drama and blah, 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 this and that, but you don't, no one wants to see OL the Olympic Leon, man. You just, you don't want to see it happen. Well, you Nick, they're, after 10 matches, they do have a, a, a match in hand. Uh, they, they them, them, Claremont Foot, Marseille, and Montpellier—they all have a, a, a match in hand. But so yeah. Leon conceivably could either be on four points, five points, or seven points. Yeah. But they have not won a single match yet out of ten. Not one. Yeah. It's it's, it's looking. Well, at, you know, I know there's 38 match days in in, in France, but you know, uh, excuse me, no, there's 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 34. Sorry, sorry, 34 match days. You have 24 left, but something's got to give here. I mean, they, they, at some point they have to start winning matches. They're, they're now, they're now six points. Yes. With a match in hand, but they're six points out of potential safety. That's just to get to the uh, relegation playoff. Yeah. They are seven points from actual safety yeah. in 15th. So, I mean, it's, it's just getting worse and worse week after week. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Toulouse who play Liverpool tomorrow are 11 points and Leon is still seven points behind them. It's just, yeah, man, just crazy. This French table, man, seeing Marseille in ninth, Leon at the bottom is just mind blowing. It's crazy. It's still, it's still early. You're right. But you're talking about a third of the way almost. So you, you can start to see these trends and these teams where they kind of are going to be sitting, you know, after 10 or 11 matches, you kind of see what these teams bring to the table, you know? So this might be what Leon are dealing with this season. I mean, they might be in that battle for either a relegation playoff or that the, to get relegated, man. I mean, don't want to see it, but man, how crazy would it be to see them go in the playoff in the relegation playoff and then lose to a team like, Bordeaux or something, man, that would be crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, Bordeaux is another one. Uh, 
num- number numerous time French champions, and yeah. uh, as recently yeah. as the past, was it uh, 10, 11 years? They they uh, yeah. champions. I think they were champions in twenty ten or some, some somewhere yeah. around that time. Not too long ago, yeah. And now yeah. now now relegated in the second league. So yeah, it, it would be uh, just yeah, it would be quite 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 the thing that Bordeaux would save themselves to go up and then Lyon go down. I mean that's yeah. that's yeah. two of the biggest clubs in, in in French football history that are trading punches like two mules in an alley fighting over a turnip. I mean yeah. it's just uh, yeah. un- unbelievable. When 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 ten years ago they were they were fighting each other over the league title. You know I mean just amazing how things can change. Monaco yeah. two 0 winners over Brest. Uh, Former Gladbach star Dennis Sakaria, 16th minute, yeah. and Alexander Golovin, who we've mentioned a couple of times on this program, he yeah. puts the uh, the dagger in the heart of Brest, uh, 69th minute. So Monaco back to winning ways. They yeah. find themselves now in third place. They're 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 two points off the top. ESG yeah. is one point ahead of them, and Nice, they are winners over the weekend as well, keeping their distance by just a fraction of a hair over PSG. 2 0 yeah. over Ren, they win. Uh, Boga and Madanda. Madanda had the own goal that gets yeah. the job done. So, Nice uh, looking down four. at the rest of France. Out. Remember that. Remember, we talked about the record. They've only allowed four. So, another shutout. Another another uh, clean sheet. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's four goals all season in, in 11 matches that they've allowed. So, that's something to keep your eyes on. I'm telling you, the, the, the books. And those unders for these Nice matches are, are hitting like crazy. So it's something to watch. Well, the the match right now, the biggest match this coming weekend, we have a battle of top four sides in France, which is Rams and PSG. They play each other, and that will be at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And that, yep. of course, will be on the road for PSG. So not at the Parc de France. They're going to be playing in Rams. So that... That's one to keep your eye on. That is a that's a big match right there. The rest of the way, Montpellier plays Nice, so I would like Nice in that one. Monaco play Lavre, who are the uh, newcomers in the league. Non and Mets, Lyon play Rennes, so that's going to be you know a, a winnable match. I would say you know Rennes, their mid table is they're not you know world beaters or anything, but right now Lyon needs just as many points as they can get. Yeah. And uh, the other one I would say that has any some kind of name recognition would be uh, Lens and Marseille. That's uh, nine versus ten in the table. So yeah, um, and Renz is playing in in the European competition. So I'm hoping that helps Lyon's case, and they can catch them tired because they're playing tomorrow, and then they have to meet Lyon. So I'm I'm hoping to see Lyon turning around. I mean, I know I like drama, and I know I like seeing. Team, good teams in hist- with history crash, but Lyon is one of them I don't want to see go down. So I'm hoping for a win there. Big matches in Serie A this past weekend. We had a lot of action. Uh, this was this was an amazing weekend. Udinese upset Milan one nil, penalty, and I mean just Milan has Milan's kind of hit a hit a cold streak here. They are they are reeling in the league. So at this point now they find themselves. Looking up at Juventus and Inter, but now there's six points between Milan and Inter, and uh, four points between themselves and Juventus. And don't look now; we just talked last week about how Napoli were in fifth place. Well, now they're in fourth, and they're only one pack of uh, one pack, 
one back of Milan. 22 points for Milan, 21 for Napoli. Napoli gets a big win over the weekend. They are right back in the thick of things in Italy. And, uh, yeah, they get uh, Salonitana 2-0. Pretty easy win for them. I mean, they, you know, Salonitana is probably going to be relegated this season. But, you know, yeah. they, get it, they get an early goal, and then they finish it out late in the 82nd with Elmas taking care of business. 21 shots for Napoli, 8 on target. It was just a, a, a typical day at the office for them. You know, just, uh, I mean, you know, standard win. Nothing nothing, nothing to write home about. You have to take care of business against teams like that. The one that you were worried about was you were talking about uh, Jose Mourinho getting the sack last weekend because uh, Lecce were causing Roma a lot more problems than they thought. They get, I mean, Roma steals victory at the at the better end. I mean, at the very end. 90th yeah. plus one, and then Lukaku adds one. 90th plus four. Uh, Roma is down 1-0 to Lecce. For 91 minutes, well, um, excuse me, I shouldn't say that. 72nd minute, but they 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 had they had uh, um, no on the on the on the score line for 91 minutes, and then out of nowhere, they score two goals in three minutes and steal it from Lecce, getting yep. all three points. And I guess in your mind, uh, Jose Mourinho lives to see another day. Yeah, I mean, I texted you when they were they went down. And I said, this is not good. And then sure enough, the other Iranian guy like Usman from, came from Zenit. Uh, he scored a, an amazing header, a bullet of a header. And then they ran, picked that ball up, and not four minutes later, Lukaku got the winner, stripped his shirt off, ran around the stadium like he'd won the Champions League. So, yeah, it was uh, it was big. I, I just I, – I, I don't think – Jose's necessarily going to get the sack. I just, I'm, if they don't win and get this together, he will get the sack because the Roma supporters are screaming for his head. Well, hold on he, a minute. I want to, I want to bring this to your attention. Roma are only one of two teams in the Serie A right now that have won four of their last five matches. Their only loss in that time is to frontrunners Inter. So, yeah. they, so there's no shame in losing to Inter as they are. You know, Italian champions here in the last couple of seasons. They also Champions League runners-up last year, and they find themselves back in first place again. And I said two weeks ago on this program that I believe Inter will win the Scudetto yet again. That would be their 20th title, I believe, and they would get their second star above their crest, becoming only the second club in Italian history to do that besides Juventus. Roma have won four or five. So they're yeah. they're in form. They're not, I, I, I would, you know, if anything, I would say it looks like Jose's kind of turned it around a little bit. No, absolutely. And I I was saying that because that's what the supporters were screaming at the beginning of the season. If he didn't get them back to Champions League and and all this and that, back in the the conversation of the Scudetto, then he was in trouble. And he's been doing great. I mean, I like Roma. I think Lukaku is a great addition. Uh, The Usman, the... um, yeah, Usman from Iran, the the striker, is another great quiet addition. He can score goals. He's deadly up in front of that goal. I mean, yeah, I think they're doing good, and and I don't want to see Jose go. I think he still he still has some life in him. I mean, he's not ready to come to Miami. Some or, life in him? No, no, he's not. It, so it it's just. It's good to see, but but the fans were concerned with this season, saying that if they, he didn't get them 
back with the Inter, with the Juventus, with the Napolis, that he was in trouble. So he he's doing it, man. I mean, they get a win this weekend. They're going to be top four if if anyone in the top four do lose. You know, well so, they need they need more than that because they they're they're four points back of the top four. So they would need yeah they got seventeen. Yeah. Napoli's got twenty one. Yeah, so, so yeah. They'd, they'd be in fifth, so they'd be close, but they, they do need some stuff to happen. I just I think they'll finish in the top five or six, but I don't know if they'll get the, the Champions League glory that they they want uh, from well, their the fan base, that what they want. So The big one this weekend was obviously Inter and Atalanta, and in years past, Atalanta has been a thorn in Inter's side. This is a, a very, very tricky match for them. This was on the road. It was it was in Bergamo. So this is a this is where the Maori Cardi Inter Milan teams they would always trip up against Atalanta. But yeah. different time. This is uh, Inzaghi's Inter. This is Latano Martinez's Inter. They get the job done. Hakan Chanalolu, former Leverkusen great, of course, as you well know, yeah. he scores mm-hmm. the penalty, and then of course the the the, the Inter King himself, Latano Martinez, adds it. 57th minute for good measure. Puts them up 2-0. Uh, Skamaka gets one back in the 61st, but too little too late. And then Atalanta for good measure. Add a red card on in the 90th plus two. Inter, uh, yeah, so just taking care of business, right? They get another another gritty win. Huge win on the road for them. I mean, that, that was massive. That's just, like I said, it's such a tough place for Inter to play over the past 10 years is Atalanta. They are a very good side on their day, so oh, that sure. was a that was a big big win for Inter. Do you, do you like? Are you seeing as Inter convincing you? Do you do you um, yeah. you I believe? Do you, do you believe in the uh, the Nerazzurri or or what? Absolutely, yeah, I yeah, I think they're going to win Italy, and I think they're going to go deep in Champions League again. I just they're just replugging in players they get rid of, and Lutaro's. You know, finishing when he needs to. Midfield's playing great. Backline is one of the best backlines in the game. I mean, yeah, I, I see them going far, Champions League and winning, winning Italy. I mean, who, when you can't score on a team and you have a team that can get you one or two every match, it's hard to, you, you just can't beat them, man. Uh, I, I agree. I think they win Italy. I think they keep it going, and I also see them going deep in Champions. I don't see many people stopping them in the early rounds of Champions League. I sneakily, and it's not really sneakily anymore. I mean, hell, they were in the final last year. So I like Inter, man. I think they they're gonna win the title again, and uh, they're they're gonna be hard to beat in Champions. Also, it's it's just a hard team to beat. It's hard to crack them. Well, watching this next match, this this was something. I mean, Juventus gets a goal from Miretti in the tenth minute. They have four shots the entire match. They have thirty one percent possession. They only they only have two hundred and sixty one passes the entire match. Their pass accuracy was sixty seven percent. If you look at this, like twenty five shots from Fiorentina, sixty nine percent possession. It's like you you have to do a double take if you look at this and realize that that you know Juventus were actually playing this match like like they were some kind of minnow, yeah. and yeah they just basically sat on a one nil lead for eighty yeah. minutes. Yeah. Unbelievable scored. that yeah, yeah they scored the very in the very first ten minutes. This is Allegri just parking the bus, man. I mean I I don't know how else to put it, but yeah he's he's playing that um 
that three five two, so three in the back, five mid. He has Chiesa and Keane up front. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, neither one of them. It was like I said, it was Meretti that scored, and and that was it, man. Business business was done and dusted in the tenth minute. Yeah. That's it. Dude, I mean, Florentino just shot and shot and shot the ball, but but to no avail. Yep, couldn't score, man. Not surprising either. Doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Losing two in a row, and they just gave up a stupid penalty to Lazio in the last match. So you know, Immobile got his winner uh, in on the weekday match last week. So Fiorentina are just. They made the Conference League final last season, but they're not going to do much this year, man. They can't finish their freaking dinner, dude. They can't. It's it's terrible. Their finishing is 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 ridiculous. I actually watched some of that match, and uh, I must say it was just like you said. You would think Juventus was the minnow. They scored that goal and then said, please, I dare you to score on me. And guess what? They couldn't do it. So match was done after 10 minutes. Well, here's the thing. Uh, the the biggest match we have in Serie A this weekend, of course, is the Roma Derby. So we got Lazio and Roma this weekend, yeah. Nick. So this is Josie Mourinho has a chance to really prove himself. As we talked about, we know what Lazio's strategy is. Give it to Chiro and pray for the best, right? Roma yeah. have a chance here to be winners of five of their last six. They could go to 20 points. They could be right outside the top four, considering what the other teams above them do. So yeah. this is this is a statement match, right? Yeah, yeah. Win this, and and you're going to be taken a little bit more serious. I think they do. I think they can beat Lazio. Lazio is not. Oh, they definitely can beat them. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. That's not a that's not a question, yeah. right? I mean, you're yeah. looking at um, you know, a, a t- one team that's that's kind of middling, and then the other ones, you know, besides the Inter loss, is is you have to say that that Roma is is in form right now. Yeah. Absolutely, man. That's that's going to be definitely match of the week in in Italy. That's for sure. And and I'm hoping Jose can can pull this one out. I'm I'm about sick of Lazio. I'm, well, the big I'm, boys get a break this week. So Napoli plays Empoli. That's gonna that's uh, a relegation candidate. Inter plays Frosinone, who are overachieving like crazy this year, but they're still yeah. mid table. Should be Absolutely. a win for Inter. They get them at home. It's at the San Siro. Then you have Juventus and Cagliari, so that's going to be another one where Juventus should probably get the three points, and Milan get to play Lecce. So, uh, yeah, so the big boys get a break. Fiorentina plays Bologna. That's another big one. So both of them are in uh, the, the top of the table. So that, But, but obviously the, the big match is Sunday at noon between Lazio and Roma. So uh, any, any, you have any upsets here you like, or you think it's just going to be business as usual? Just no, keep your man. eyes on the Roma derby. Yeah, man, I, I'll just be watching Roma. I mean, of course, I'll check out those scores, but yeah, you're not going to see Fresnione or anything shock the world. They are playing very well, though. I, I liked watching them in Serie B, so seeing them play this well is is pretty entertaining. I mean, I, I wouldn't have guessed they'd do this well, but you know, it all balances out. After 20, 25 match days, we, we could be saying something different, but I will be all eyes on Roma. I, I hope Lukaku scores a hat trick. Well, um, could happen. You never know. He's capable of it for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Spain. Interesting stuff in Spain. By the way, Nick, we have a new we have a new front runner in Spain, and their name is Girona. They yep. win 4-2 over Osasuna over the weekend. Osasuna mm-hmm. goes ahead. Oh, no, excuse me. Girona goes ahead 16th minute, but then quickly uh, Osasuna goes uh, 25th minute. Uh, Budimir and the 55th minute they go up two to one 
And in the final 19 minutes of the match, Girona scores three goals. They go ahead 4-2, and they never look back after they take the lead in the 80th minute. Four shots on target, four goals. Nick, efficiency at its best. Girona now in first place, sole possession of first place. 31 points after 12 match days. They've won four consecutive matches since the loss to Real Madrid. These guys are for real, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you got backing. You got the players. Victor Sangoff scoring a goal. The Dynamo Kiev, uh, the wonder kid, he was called the Ukrainian Messi. He's scoring goals. Everything's looking good for Yorona, man. I'm 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 happy for him. I, granted, it's the same group that owns City, and, and we know their oil money and plastic this and that. But it's good to see this happening in Spain. I'm I'm glad for Yorona. I mean, two seasons ago we were watching them in the La Liga two playoff. So yeah, man, they they're exciting too. Besides the one match where it was one nothing, they won in the last few seconds. It's been goals and lots of them. Right, we don't hate them yet because they're just now coming to success. Like when they exactly. they win, yeah, right. But uh, speaking of speaking of the team behind them, no 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 Jude magic this week, Nick. Uh, Twenty two shots for Real Madrid, five on target. Meanwhile, their opponents, Rayo Vallecano, no shots on target. Not a single ball found anything close to the goal. They have four shots the, to- the the entire match. Real Madrid dominate, but they can't get anything past. The keeper into the net. They score zero. Volcano scores zero. Job accomplished. They get the one point. They split it. That's enough to put Hirona in the lead. It's enough to give Real Madrid second place. So for the time being, Real Madrid now looking up. And I've said this before. Atletico Madrid, though, still had that match in hand. They're yeah. in uh, fourth place with 25 points. But if they were to win that, they would be... In third place with 28, and Barca has 27. They're in third place. This is, uh, things are very competitive in Spain. I mean, Atletico lose to Las Palmas over the weekend, 2 to 1. Milata scores, but it's too little too late. They were already down 2 0, and they can only get a 2 1 result out of it. And then, of course, Real Madrid with the one point, Barcelona. Goes 1-0. They beat fellow Champions League participants, Real Sociedad. 90th plus 2 was a draw for the longest time. And Barca steals it at the very end to get three much-needed points. Uh, Nick, what are, your, what are your thoughts right now on this league? I mean, this is the most competitive we've seen Spain in a while. You have four legitimate, I'd say, title contenders. When normally it's already decided it's going to be... You know, we, one of two t- two clubs. We know who it's going to be, and it's just a matter of who has the uh, the horses down the, the the stretch of the season between Barca and Real Madrid. But not this right so far. Everything's up for grabs. Yeah, man that that zero zero against Rayo really helped Girona. I mean, that was just a complete utter just terrible trash match. I mean, unless you like seeing you know, one team attack and, and not score, then then that was right up your alley. But it was good for the league, man. That that zero zero draw was great for the league and this is what you ask for, man. This is what you want. No one no one wants to see that two headed monster in the league every single season. I mean, yeah, you had Atletico do decent, 
here or there, you know. But I mean, this this seeing Yorona do what they're doing and continually doing it so far this season with all those wins is just, I mean, it's something that uh, we're going to learn to appreciate or hell that we have learned to appreciate because we're used to seeing these leagues with the big winners already by Christmas, your, your league's done. This one, we're going to be seeing it till the very end. I feel, I feel like this is one where, you know, it's going to come down to those last few matches and those last few matches are going to matter so much that they're going to be playing their tails off when we used to just the end of the season, it didn't matter, you know, it, it, who cared? So it's going to be good, man. We, we are uh, very fortunate to have a team like your up top. I feel, I feel that's uh, the soccer gods blessing us, man. Football gods, excuse me. They play, um, uh, Hirona plays uh, Rally Volcano this weekend, so we'll see if yeah. uh, Volcano can pull off another uh, bussy park the bussy bussy upset with uh, yeah. another point You're grab right. from Hirona because they will play them this weekend Saturday at eight a.m. Real Madrid get a big 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 match on name recognition, not so much in the in the last couple of years, but Valencia and Real Madrid will play this this uh, Saturday. Valencia is in eighth place right now. They did have a one nil win. Last weekend, uh, penalty in the 45 plus seven. There was seven minutes of stoppage time in the first half, and Pepelu got a penalty, so that gave them the one nil victory. Uh, Real Madrid should bounce back here. I think that they get the three points against Valencia. Valencia's eighth place, but they're not. You know, they're. It's th- th- this isn't the Valencia bowl. They're still very much in a sort of. Trying, I, I still think they're they're rebuilding, trying to figure out you know who they are and what they're going to be. They're, yeah. they're they're not they're not back to being a top four power in Spain. Atlético Madrid play Villarreal again. Villarreal a big club on name, but this year really struggling. I mean, really struggling yeah. domestically. And uh, I, I don't see anything uh, coming from this other than an Atlético Madrid win. I think they bounced back from last week's disappointment. And Barcelona play Alavés, so. What do you see here, Nick? Um, uh, Sevilla plays Real Betis as well. So, yeah. Any, I, anything? I, anything here stand out to you? No, I just I want to see Yorona get the win. I really do. I mean that that'll that'll make my weekend there. I want to see Yorona get the win and Madrid beating Valencia is most likely to happen. So you gotta hope Yorona can sneak that win and stay up because I do not want to see Real Madrid pass Yorona quite yet. Uh, I definitely want to see that that team up top. I uh, say uh, I hope I just hope they can break that back line because Real Madrid had such a hard time, and Girona's not that much of a favorite, so books aren't feeling like they can. So, yeah, I, I, my eyes will be well. I'll probably wake up and it'll be halftime in that Girona match, but I will definitely be cutting that on straight to ESPN Plus. Check that match out, and then. You know, Real Madrid should easily win. Uh, Atletico will definitely bounce back too. You you know that they're. Uh, well, listen, Volcano is uh, unbeaten in their last five matches. Four draws and one win. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so they are. There's there's four clubs right now in La Liga that are unbeaten in their last four, uh, in their last five. That's Real Madrid, Real Volcano, Getafe. 
and Real Batiste, but Getafe and Balacano have the distinction of being unbeaten, but they have only got one win in those five. Yeah. There's out of the out of the ten matches that they've combined together, there's two wins and eight draws. So draws go for yeah, dude. But, two, two, that's two, but two, that's two. what they're going to be playing for against Hirona. That's what you, that you know they're going. I can tell you right now, Real Balacano is going to be playing for the draw. They're going to be playing for the point. It's it, you know they're, they're they're always a relegation candidate. They're in ninth place right now, so every point counts. They want to keep creeping ahead, keep creeping ahead. Yeah. They're level on points right now with Valencia, but Valencia has a better goal differential. They're only one point behind Sociedad, and they're only two points behind Batiste and three points off of fifth place behind Athletic Club, which would be a Europa League spot. So, look, Volcano. You do what you have to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, draws draws are good in their book. I mean, you're talking about a team who also I've started watching in the second tier. So, I mean, they're they're good as gold with that. If they can sneak into a six or seven spot, heck, they're good to go, man. Those fans will be going crazy. Uh, well, let's talk about let's talk about the 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 weekend that was in England real quick there's a lot to dis- to discuss here and we're we're running up on time so we talked about this man united get the last second gasp of a win bruno fernandez 90th plus 1 uh not a deserved victory for united at all but they get it nonetheless and you have luton town and liverpool and i could say a lot about this but nick i'm going to let you take this one i don't really have i don't have it in me to to go here uh, when Luis Diaz, whose dad is being tortured by cocaine drug lords, is the guy that saves you in the 90th plus five against a club that you absolutely should have done. This should have been a 4-0 victory for Liverpool. Luton being in basically the they're they're I say being in the relegation zone, but they're they're one hundred percent gonna be in this area for the rest of the season and for them to get that point was definitely big for them. And Diaz, I mean, we were talking during the match, of course, and we were both saying Diaz should not even probably be here. Like he's literally begging for his family to be not murdered. His father, well, he just got his mom back and his dad was still with the kidnappers and he proved us all wrong and scored that goal to secure the point. And I'm telling you, I was saying it to you and my other Liverpool buddy. Man, I hope they get 2-1 so we can just move on, get these three points, and they can fight with City up at the top. Now, granted, they did just get the one point, which doesn't totally screw them up. I mean, I I, I do agree with you, though, that, that this, is a, this is a team you should beat. No question, it should have been 3-4-0. But for whatever reason, man, Liverpool just wasn't up for the for the match. I mean, we they were talking the whole place time. right now because they have a better goal differential than yeah. Tottenham, so they would be in second place. They would yeah. be level on points with Tottenham, twenty six, but they would both be one point behind City. And yeah. instead, they're, and they're instead, yeah twenty four. Yeah. So, and, and those are the kind of things when you're when you're a Liverpool that has lost two league titles to City by one point. This is oh, the kind yeah. of match where you look back and say, this is where you lost the league was in November. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's funny, man. I forget that you have literally lost the league to City by one point, two other seasons. And that is just mind blowing. I mean, it took 
to the last match for City to clinch it. And it's just crazy that something like this happens and you can look at it in May and say, you know what, you were right. That draw to Luton Town was it. They should have got those three points and this wouldn't even, they would be champions. I hope it doesn't come to that, but I see what you're saying, man. You as a Liverpool fan coming up so close with by only one point, I see where I see why this was so big. Yeah. It, it just hit me like I completely forget that the league was won by City by a single point, not just once but twice. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. And didn't they both have like a hundred points? Like, wasn't it like ninety nine and a hundred or something? No, it was. Um, uh, I think one year it was uh, ninety seven and ninety six. I think, and then yeah, isn't that crazy? Ninety three I mean, and ninety two. I think, yeah. Is crazy. I mean, yeah, you know, it. it's pretty disappointing, and we were almost going to cook steaks on the Liverpool kit fire, but... Yeah, exactly. Diaz, Diaz saved it, and hopefully his father is saved, and we can move forward. But I'm telling you, with a city loss coming up soon, this will be that much more of a battle for the top. But so far, man, we got these four or five teams who are really up there who could give City a fight, man. And and City haven't been looking so lights out either. You know that. They they aren't, you know, winning these games 6-0, 5-0, 4-1. So, I, I mean, it's not a complete loss, but I do see where those two points they missed out on could really help them be in second yeah. place right now. So I started my Sunday morning out with this match. This was Nottingham Forest against Aston Villa. This is a big upset, in my opinion. Aston Villa in yeah. fifth position right now, right outside the top four. They've been very consistent this year. As you call him, Dracula, their manager, has got them yeah. playing at a high level. This is they, this is the mo- this is these are the most. They've won seven of their first ten matches. That was the first time they'd done that since the 1950s, Nick. So in in the top flight. So Aston Villa is 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 on a 70 year high right now. And they lost to Nottingham Forest 2-0. And it was just a, I mean, you know, Aston Villa just could not get anything going. And it shows by the fact that they had 74% possession, a 91% pass accuracy. But when I tell you they could not get anything going, they couldn't. In the final third, Nottingham Forest literally parked the bus. They shut them down. There was no room. They played, they, they, they cut off the passing lanes. They Every single cross that came in, they were marked well. There was no for Aston Villa to do anything. So big, big win for Forrest. And this moves them, you know, into a pretty safe spot right now, considering the bottom three. Uh, Sheffield United did just get their first win over Wolves. So yeah. it's 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 Luckily. it's four points at the bottom between Burnley and Sheffield and then Bournemouth in 18th with six. Luton Town is ahead only on goal differential in 17th. So, but, you know, like I said, Forrest... Had 10 points before the weekend. Now they have 13. It's looking like they're getting safer and safer. So Aston Villa, I mean, yeah, I don't know if you saw this match, but this was a, um, this is we one were, of those matches. I, I was going back and forth with you, and I really thought Aston Villa would would tie it. But I think we were talking about Leon Bailey. Wasn't he looking like he was lost or something? Yeah, I, mean, I said, he, yeah, there's a couple of times where he just, you know, he just, you know, whiffed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, and and you got to get more out of Leon Bailey for them to to succeed here. I mean, just seeing them in fifth place, I got to admit, is kind of crazy because you got Brighton, Newcastle, Brentford, Chelsea, United all below them, and we wouldn't have thought that 
you know, starting out the beginning of the season. So Dracula's doing a good job. I mean, Emery couldn't do it at Arsenal. He did it for uh, Villarreal, won that European trophy, and he's doing good for Aston Villa now. I mean, they're they're still competing in the European uh, um, competition now also, so they also have that to be concerned with. And they're besides that Nottingham loss, man, they're they're looking pretty good. I, I was shocked, just like you, to see Nottingham beat them to nothing. I mean, goodness, they, they well, really should should have done better. Two more matches that I want to talk about before we look at the predictions and get out of here. Uh, so this one was a lot of controversy. Arsenal and Newcastle was the match of the week. Those were the the the, the two big name clubs, and Newcastle loses one nil to Anthony Gordon's goal in the sixty fourth. VAR controversy in this one, right? Yeah. So what's your take on it? Because uh, there's, there's uh, the, the, besides the Spurs-Liverpool match, now you're having this match that comes under scrutiny. What do you, what do you, I mean, obviously our, Arteta had a lot to say about it. So, and I, I, I think that, you know, that this is, we could review this and say that, uh, you know, this is another one where you, you, you come back and say, it's not really a clean win. There's a lot of there's a lot of underlying questions about this match and and you know what may have been, what could have been, what should have happened, what didn't happen. But you know, three points for Newcastle. But what what were your what were your thoughts on this? I mean, I thought the goal was good. I mean, people don't understand a ball is a sphere. We went through this in the World Cup in the Japan game. The ball has to completely go over that line. For in order for goal to or goal to count and then for out of bounds, that's why I bring it up is because remember they were VAR reviewing if it went out of bounds first. This was a three legged review that they said there was the the out of bounds call if it went out of bounds. It was the foul that Joe Ellington had Gabriel if he fouled him, and then was there an offsides in the build up. All of it passed that test. The ball wasn't out. He did. Joe Ellington did not foul Gabriel, and there wasn't an offsides. I just, you know, of course I'm going to be a little biased towards Newcastle because I don't like Arsenal, but I feel they got it right, man. I mean, the ball wasn't out. The ball has to completely go over. When you get a top view, a sphere's round, and the whole thing has to be over that line, the whole ball. It wasn't. So... I feel like it should have counted, and it did. They can cry all they want. I mean, teams do it all the time. It's not going to change anything. You just move forward. Arsenal, they just played. You know what? If it was so bad, why didn't you score a goal, tie it, or go up 2-1? You know, they couldn't do it. They lost. It was over with. I feel like it should have counted. It That's was a, just triple, me. a triple VAR check, Nick. A triple yeah, VAR check. It was a three prong triple VAR check. They checked three different things on that goal and still cleared it. So clearly, if it wasn't meant to be, something would have caught those people and they would have called that darn goal off. They didn't. It counted. And now Arsenal's, you know, they're gonna cry about it but that's just what it is man you're sitting in fourth place you're doing worse than you did last season I say it and I say it again last season was their chance to win the title they won't get that close again that was it Arteta said it was disgraceful and embarrassing yeah well he's embarrassing (laughs) because what happened last year 
when when you when you bottled the league to City when you were eight points up after Christmas and you gave the league to City. So you you know what he's embarrassing. Three different things past that VAR check goal counted. Go pet your dog, Lucky, and uh, and and hope that you can finish fourth, fifth, or sixth because you're you're worse than you were last. You you're not as good as you were last season. And that is showing right now. I mean, last season they were in first place right now, man. Well, listen, this is something. I mean, it's, it's a lot that's coming out of this, right? Like, it, this is this is a match that, um, you, you know, Arsenal has they released a statement in support of their manager, and they also asked PGMOL to urgently address the officiating standards. And the FA have written to Arteta and Arsenal to seek their observations on the play, but then also. Arteta says, you know, he he has to he doubled down on his post match comments, and it says it's his obligation, it's his duty to defend the club, and he stands by what he said. So there is he's still defiant on the Anthony Gordon goal, and but I agree with you. I, so one thing I will agree with you that if you know you had time, it was the sixty fourth minute. It wasn't the ninetieth plus four. You had thirty minutes to equalize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had so, time to respond. You didn't respond. Game over. Arteta, move on. Right. And the other match was the absolute drubbing on Monday. This was the uh, final match day. Uh, excuse me, final final game of the match day, which was the London Derby. Another one. Uh, this time it was Tottenham versus Chelsea, and. It looked like Tottenham were going to just march on to to another victory here. Chelsea, of course, we know have had immense goal-scoring problems. We've talked about Jackson and his inability to put the ball in the net. He scores a hat trick, and two of those come in stoppage time in the second half, 90th plus 4, 90th plus 7. I mean, the kid just, just completely in the last third of the match lost his mind and, and scored a hat trick. But it started off with Kulusevsky in the sixth minute, Tottenham 1-0. And the way that Chelsea's been playing, that's usually enough to take them down. I mean, it's it, you know one, they, don't, they don't score very many goals. How did Chelsea turn this around, Nick? I mean, they completely whitewashed Spurs the rest of the way. I mean... Two red cards, I'm sure you're going to say, right? Romero started yeah, off with it. Red, yeah. yeah. Until the red card, though, Chelsea did have a chance. They had a... I think it was maybe Sterling scored. They called it back. Um, the the they had a yeah. It, sorry, I will say that Chelsea did look better at the beginning of that match, and that red card from Romero, complete idiot. I mean, he made just Romero will do this, man. I, I was watching oozing, and Romero does this sometimes from time to time. He'll make the dumbest challenges. And this happens. He gets the red card, and this game was over, supposedly. I will say, man, Tottenham looked good with nine men, with only uh, ten men. When it came down to the the next red card, that's when it really changed. Because I'm telling you, Tottenham looked the better side, and they were down a man. Because Chelsea cannot finish. Jackson had the ugliest hat trick you will ever see in the Premier League. Yeah. And and I challenge anyone to find me a more worse 
hat trick than what Jackson did because he was terrible that whole game, and then he got those last couple goals at the end to get his hat trick. And I'm telling you, man, it it was talk of the day was how Jackson got the ugliest hat trick in the hit Premier League history because the guy just would, had an absolute atrocious game and then all of a sudden scored those last goals at the end. So the scoreline's a little skewed. I will say Eric Dyer had a header at the end of the match to tie it, but it was called off for over, offsides. Um, and then Sun had a goal overturned also for offsides while they were down two men. I just – Tottenham are the better team. Ange Ball is working. They were still pressing, playing the high line when they were down two men, and Chelsea still couldn't score. It was an absolute joke. I mean, Chelsea is so lucky they got those goals at the end because it was looking like Tottenham were the better side and they had two less men than Chelsea. I I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing, man. Tottenham Tottenham, if they would have not gotten those red cards, I'm sorry. Tottenham would have won that match three or four to one, maybe, if they're lucky. Okay, well, we go from Tottenham finishing out the match day on Monday to starting off this one. So our our uh, I like to call it the coffee fixture on Saturday is Wolves and Spurs. Uh, Nick, I don't see anything else here but a but a Spurs victory. They're going to get their their oh, their, yeah. their their groove back and get the three points here. Oh yeah, big time. United well. United play Luton Town. I think we all know how that one's going to go. Yeah. Okay. Oh my so, God, I would love love to see Luton win, but it won't happen. Arsenal and Burnley. This should be another one. So some of the the the, the bigger the big boys are getting some some easier opponents this week. Arsenal should should rebound against Burnley and get three points there. Burnley obviously prime candidates to go back down to the championship. So uh, what do you think about that? I mean, Burnley. Uh, yeah, they don't. They most likely don't stand a chance. Company is already the favorite to be the first one fired. So, sadly, uh, it's not looking good for Mr. Vincent Company. Yeah, it's at the Emirates as well, so it's not going to get any easier for them. Liverpool no. back home at Anfield against Brentford. That's um, – this. Would, I would be worried about this if it was at Brentford, but being at Anfield, I think Liverpool should get a – they're also Brentford's not going to be as big of a bus parker as Luton. So no. Brentford should come out and attack a little bit. So I like if Liverpool doesn't oh, yeah. have to break these damn buses down like they have to do every week when the damn tires fall off of it, it just sits in front of goal. They they yeah. do really well because if you if you if if you if you play Liverpool, if you go to toe to toe with them, they will they will absolutely carve you apart. It's when oh absolutely it's it's when you put ten men in front of the goal and dare Liverpool to beat you. Time. Right, exactly, and is you know especially with that back four still not being what it was four or five years ago. Uh, Virgil Van Dyke needs a little bit more help back there. I think that Konate and Gomez are a little bit of a liability. Trent can't defend, so you really need him if you're going forward. It's going to be a three-four-three. You're going to move him up into midfield to assist yeah. uh, McAllister and Sobosly with the uh, the buildup because Trent. But you know. If you're if you're if you're if you're back three, then in that case, if you get caught on a counter, it's going to be VVD and Gomez and Konate. That's oh man, that I, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So, I but just, I think yeah. Liverpool to win this one in Anfield, basically. 
Yeah, McAllister's out of this game because of yellow cards. That's right, yes. Be- he got his fifth yellow last week. That's right. Yes, but they should be fine, man. McAllister played so bad against Luton Town. I, it might be a good thing. Give him a day. Think about what he's doing with life, you know? <laughs> Think of what he's doing with his life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, um, okay, Aston Villa and Fulham. This is, uh, you know, another one like Fulham took United to the end of it last week. Uh, Aston Villa just got... Like I said, Be- uh, just beaten by Nottingham Forest, just just beaten by him. So, who do you who do you like in this? Is Dracula's team going to rebound uh, this uh, this week? I mean, this is, again, this is at Villa Park, so they're at home. Yeah, Dracula in full effect. The bounce back is on. Yeah, Fulham's not going to be able to stop Aston Villa. Aston Villa. It is technically Thursday. They are playing. AZ out of Netherlands, they're going to destroy them today and then destroy Fulham in Aston Villa. Uh, it's it'll be easy. We won't even have to. We won't talk about that much because it'll be it'll be over with before you know it. And then their next match after Thanksgiving is Tottenham, so we got a big one for them after this match. Well, game of the week though, Nick. This is the game of the week. Closes out the weekend Sunday at eleven thirty. This will be match number 10 out of 10, and it is another banger for Chelsea. It doesn't get any easier. Last week, they played Spurs in the London Derby. This week, they are at home. They're at Stamford Bridge against Man City. This one's big. Yeah. City a favorite? Yeah, 55% City to win, 20% Chelsea to win, 25% to draw. Yeah. I just, City will win this. Chelsea just 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 like that. Yep. Chelsea can't Chelsea can't score, man. I'm telling you. After seeing them play against that nine-man Spurs side, it just was mind-blowing to me. I haven't seen nothing like it. They have a problem finishing. It's clear and they are going to have a very hard time scoring goals against Manchester City. The only way Chelsea win and score multiple goals is if City completely give it to Chelsea because Chelsea will not come at City and just score goals willingly unless City let them. And I mean that. Chelsea just can't finish, man. They have a problem, a bad problem. And anyone who watched that game against Tottenham who disagrees with me, you're you're drunk or high or you're just a Chelsea fan because you must have not seen the same thing I saw. They just can't finish, dude. It's really bad. I mean, it's a problem. Okay, so you don't give you don't, you're not giving Chelsea any any shot here. No, no, I don't give Chelsea a chance. I'm sorry, Chelsea fans. I have a lot well, of Chelsea friends. I just give them no chance. So they're gonna have. They're likely gonna play Potches four two three one. Jackson, of course, is gonna be up front again. To his back is going to be Gallagher, and then to his sides are going to be Palmer and Sterling. Left and uh, sorry, uh, right and left. Fernandez, Casado, I would say Colwell, Silva, Desasi, and James. They're not playing in Europe. Uh, I don't see a lot of I don't see a lot of changes. I mean, you know, Poch doesn't have to really rotate that much because they're only playing once a week. He can literally take the exact same starting eleven that he had on Monday and just plant them right back in on Sunday. And I don't I don't dislike that starting 11 to be honest with you yeah no it's not it's not bad man it really isn't I just I have a problem with their finishing man it's just really 
to me, it really is that bad to where they need to do something about it or it's going to be a serious problem at the end of the season. They're going to look back and wish that something changed or something happened. Um, I just, I think city shouldn't city. If you, if you know books, cities minus minus one thirty, they should be like triple that as odds. I feel now, like I said, city could give Chelsea the match. They could, you know, they could be a little tired from champions league or whatever, but I just, I'm sorry, I don't give Chelsea a chance. I just don't. Okay. Well, damn. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go with a 2 2 draw on this one. I, yeah. I think I was going to say you go with a draw. And, and, and it just, it's all in City's hands, man. I, I really believe that. I feel Chelsea have no say in this. What's going to happen is, is what City is going to let them do. Because Chelsea just they, they don't dictate any game. They just take don't. into account that, that this is Raheem Sterling's former club. He could have a little bit of a oh, a, a, a bone oh. to pick with them, you know. I mean, Raheem. You know, Pep Sterling told him. Pep told him. Pep told him to get the hell out of out of out of Manchester. You know. Yeah, I call him the ballerina man. When you watch him run up and down that pitch, he holds his little hands up, looks like a ballerina. I just I don't. I don't rate him, man. I just uh, he was, don't. He I was begging. Sterling. He was begging to come back to Liverpool too, man. He's begging. Yeah, well, oh Klopp, well, Klopp stay away. Klopp, Klopp wouldn't take oh. him, yeah. Klopp don't want that trash. Well, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw on this. Um, so, uh, real quick, though, Nick, let's just let, let's do a quick roundup here. In, uh, I, I, since, you know, we're running a little bit up against time, but just wanted to take a quick glance at the second tiers of each of our top five. So, last week... Um, we had in the second Bundesliga, St. Pauli still in first place, uh, two points ahead of their arch rivals Hamburg, and then Hanover ninety six has come back from the dead. Man, they were they were they had a really rough start to the season. They have now found yeah. themselves above Fortuna Düsseldorf, twenty one points, and they have eleven to ten goal differential. Uh, let's see, and then at the bottom, Schalke finally out of the bottom three. It's Karlsruhe, your boys from Osnabrück, and then Eintracht Braunschweig. So. Second yeah. Bundesliga, man, one of the most competitive leagues in the world, and it's living up to that billing again. Uh, and you, I mean, St. Pauli and Hamburg hate each other. This is this is. Uh, See, I didn't know that. I yeah, this is, that. this is the, this is the uh, Liverpool Manchester United of the second tier. I mean, and okay, yeah, it's uh, this. They're both so St. Pauli really is kind of a suburb of Hamburg, just so you know. So okay. yeah, same. It's, it's yeah, it's so they they are they're literally next door neighbors. It's like North Charleston and Charleston, literally. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this this is interesting, man. So um, that 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 was so the, the second Bundesliga is kind of heating up. If you have, look at the championship, we all know we saw talked about this, right? Leicester's going to run away with it. They absolutely are. Uh, you know they they just lost their first match, but they had won four on the bounce. It's uh, thirty nine points. They they thirteen wins, no draws, two losses. Leicester. They are 11 points ahead of third place leads. They're going right back up. So you can almost crown them as at least top two. Ipswich Town, yeah. though, man. Ipswich Town, yeah. one loss. They have the fewest losses of any club in the championship. 11 yeah. wins, three draws, one loss. Ipswich, man, looking like it's uh, 2000, 2003, 2004 all over again. Man. Or 2000, whenever they were up there, they were in the in the Premier League. Man, it's been a minute, but... Yeah, um, 
leads and leads in third place, man. You thought they were going to be, you said they were going to just tank and dive and, and here they are. They're, they're, they're fighting for, but as you said, three through six playing that playoff, right? So yep, Leeds, Southampton, matter. West Brom and Preston yep. North end. I'm going to say this, man, Sunderland and Cardiff are going to replace uh, either pr- probably Preston or West Brom. I just, I feel, I feel Sunderland and Cardiff are strong enough to do that. So a little, a little uh, prediction there. I'm gonna throw in one of those seven and Cardiff or Sutherland will jump in the playoff. And let me tell you, man, that three to six, that playoff, it don't matter what seed you are, anything can happen. And we saw that last season with Luton Town. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We we do. We we know that to be we know that to be very true. And I think yeah, it, the year yeah. that Nottingham Forest went up, I don't think that they were number three either. I think they came from a lower seed no. to win it. So yeah, they did. You're right. Uh, La Liga 2 real quick. Laganas in first. They are four points ahead of Sporting Hijon, and then Ibar is in third. And yeah. looking up to them are Baladolid and Espanyol. So Espanyol, man, they uh, they have some work to do. Um, Who I like. They, I like Espanyol. They've fallen they on some th- hard times lately. The the Barcelona reject Baithreif, the the Danish guy, the Danish national team player, is now starting striker for Espanol. And uh, yeah, man, I, I hope they do a little better. I'd like to see Levante and Espanol come up, but it doesn't look too good for them. I mean, I know they're just a few points back, three or four, but this this is this. I know championship is hard, but to me, La Liga two and German. Those are the two that just are brutal. I mean, France is up there too, but if I were a club, La Liga 2 and the German second tier are the ones you do not want to go to. Championship's hard also. I'll give them that. But yeah. in my eyes, just they're so brutal. They're so brutal. Well, hey, uh, League 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 2. So this is uh, French second tier. Stade Laval is in first. Angers is in second. And Saint-Étienne is in third. And if you're looking now, we were talking about uh, joking earlier about Bordeaux playing Lyon. Uh, Bordeaux might be trying to stay in the second tier. They find themselves yeah. right now, former French champions multiple time. This is the club that where Zinedine Zidane came from. They're in 17th place, man. They're only two points off of the drop. A uh, Bordeaux in big trouble right now. Yep. Massive trouble. Yeah. They, they, uh, they can't win a game to save their life. They just, and I just saw them lose to Bastia, who's a, a team that was just in the third tier. So I don't know why I use them for an example, talking about Leon, just because they're the first ones that came to mind because I just saw them lose three to one this past weekend. So yeah, Bordeaux's in trouble, man. Bordeaux will be in third tier. Leon will be in second and the world will be flipped upside down. Yeah. For, yeah, for sure. And in yeah. uh, City of B, so Parma, former Italian royalty, they're looking, looking like good. they're cruising to a promotion yeah. back to Serie A. Venezia, Venice, they're in second place. And it's been a minute, man, since we got to talk about the pink kits, but Palermo is in third place. Again, can't really book bank on that because like in England, third through, what is it, third through six in Italy, I think also play that playoff. So, huh? Three through eight. Three yeah, through third eight, through yeah. Eight. Yeah, so, four, so there's there's a lot. Three so, but, four, uh, get a play, sorry, three and four get a spot in the semifinal, right? And then the other four play out to play the Palmero and Modena right now. So but, Palermo yeah. looking looking good so far though. Yeah, I'd love to see them up. 
talking about a pretty kid. They just they, won they, today. They, so well, they've been, they've had a lot of they've had a lot of problems, man. They've had bad ownership oh, yeah. in the past ten years. Yeah, Palermo used to be Italian royalty, man, and now they're they they have fallen back from the depths, man. It'd be it'd be a nice nice little Cinderella story to see them back in Serie A. Absolutely, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Well, Nick, any uh, final thoughts then? Uh, no, nah, man, I'm ready for ready for this for this last little weekend, and then we get to talk about some Euros. We gonna we are gonna uh, get to exclude some countries from one of the biggest competitions on the planet Earth as yep. far as international football goes. Well, my friend, we've covered it all, man. We've covered South America. We've covered the top five leagues in Europe. We've covered just briefly their their uh, second tier counterparts. We have covered the Champions League. We, I mean, literally have not. We've left no stone unturned. So, I mean, we have we have truly, truly called everybody back up tomorrow. Or actually, today we're going to have Europa League. So that's yeah. going to finish out the week in the uh, the the international competition in Europe. And then, like you said, this weekend we got one last week before we have one more international break, and then it's uh, all over to, to Christmas and Boxing Day, and yeah, to the big, New Year, and obviously a couple winter breaks in certain leagues. But we're we're going to be cruising into January at that point, and that's when things really, even though it's cold outside, it starts to heat up in Europe in the football. Absolutely, man. Yeah, really looking forward to. To these up up and coming episodes, man. After this international break and after Christmas, it's really going to be some yep. some hardcore coverage, man. Well, Nick, I will uh, of course be in touch with you this weekend. We're going to talk, and to everybody out there listening, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. We will talk to you all next week. So long. See you guys.